I hope Shredder Hormones, Alberto, is working the podcast off. Uh, actually, shove it in my face. Alright, alright, alright! Like I seductively showed in my hairy leg. Jesus, watch my grammar. Fuck it, we're doing live! Hello and welcome to a very special edition of the Emotive Pixels podcast. This is our episode for Spec Ops The Line. Before we get started, please be aware that all of our podcasts are extremely spoiler heavy and this more than most, you really want to play the game before you listen to this episode. I am Will Atkinson. The question is, what's your opinion on the military? Personally, having been in the military, I think it's a great tool, but nobody in their right mind should ever do that. To my left is Craig. What is your opinion on the military? Hi all, this is Craig. So I have a lot of respect for what the military does, how it can be utilized, but at the same time, I have to go to an Uncle Ben euphemism, and uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, My name is Nate Stevens, and I completely disapprove of the military in all of its forms. I think it's stupid, probably a necessary evil in a world of egos and power vying, but I really disapprove of it and think that it's... I guess the best way to say it would be that, like what Will said, don't really think anybody in their right mind would choose to participate. And I'm Alberto. I have known a couple of people in the military, and as has been said already, like I give a lot of respect because I can't really imagine what it would be like to, at some point, just say, okay, I'm going to possibly put myself in a point where I could die for a nation where most of the people I won't have ever interacted with, won't have done anything with. On that note, I also kind of share the same point of view is what nate was saying that i don't really i wish that we didn't have to have that i feel that it is at least right now sadly partly a necessary evil um i always actually end up thinking about a quote from one of the star trek movies where john luke picard is talking to a woman back in the 1990s i think he describes an earth where people basically don't there's no fighting over territories or anything like that there's no money or sorry there's no poverty there's no thinking of themselves are just thinking about the greater good of the species and exploring and learning new things and i wish that we can at some point get to that okay and uh, i'm to round this out here i'm brian and um yeah about the military yeah it's a interesting topic i kind of agree with bits and pieces of what kind of everybody said um it is a sort of you know necessary evil and that there's a lot of things out there that we wouldn't be where we are today being able to do things like like come to you with a podcast about a video game if it wasn't for you know various militaries over the course of the world and over time however of course having people out there who just kill each other and doing all this stuff of course is also very evil but people who the people who were there definitely in the military should never be i thought you know i think should never be thought of with anything but high reverence because to get into the military, to put yourself on the line for what you believe in this, is... This the spec ops line? Yeah, we'll get to that in this in this game, but it's true actually with this, like, even what they're doing, like, they're doing it for their purpose and what they believe in, and they're putting their life, their time on this planet on the line for this. Whether you believe in it, what they're doing is right or not, they're putting it on the line, and that's a... It's the a best of intentions. I yes, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, anybody who sits there and, you know, whether you believe that, like, I... 
understand what Nate's saying. Like, it's we shouldn't need military. We shouldn't need these people out there. But think, the fact that those people are there, it's not their. It's not because it's not their fault. It's the, right, it's right. the people it's, in charge who are coming up. The it's politician, the system yes, and the that system. bothers me a lot. I think that oh. I wish that military is more of a cooperative world effort between allied allied forces rather than. That's kind of, the that's best kind of like of certain nation. video games, like we see, like like futuristic games, like Halo, where it's like the Earth is now one, yeah. and everybody, you know, it's like the Earth military versus country exactly. military. Yeah. Okay. This podcast is going to be a little special in that we actually have two additional voices that I had gone and talked to beforehand, and if I can get this audio worked out, we'll hear their introduction. Uh, my name is Frida Liu. I am a licensed psychologist in the state of Washington. So that is our first guest star. The other guest star um, didn't say his name, so I will tell you his name is Joel Atkinson. He is my father. And this is his intro. Will, I am your father. <laughs> I'm a University of Utah graduate and with a bachelor's and a master's degree, with a master's degree in social work, with emphasis in criminology and corrections. So those are two additional voices, and we'll get back to audio from them a little later. Being the person who's played this game the most recent, Alberto, can you give us a quick rundown of what the story of this game is all about? So you play as the main, I guess, captain of your squad. His name's Walker, and you've got two buddies in your team. I thought his name was Nathan Drake. Confusing, isn't it? It is. Some call him Nolan North. <laughs> I, I was playing this. Sorry, sorry to cut off. But I was playing this game, and I'm like. Damn it! When did I enter Uncharted? <laughs> no, it's so, first it's so like like Nolan North just phone. I, I don't know. He phoned in this voice. I'm like, he just did the complete Nathan Drake. No, voice. first first off, after a little bit, I was I paused the game and I was like, this is weird. There are too few jokes for this to be Nolan North. I'm yeah. used to like him making jokes every now and then. No, anyway. Like considering how his voice at work is David and The Last of Us and stuff like where I'm like, oh my god, that's that's Nolan North. This was just like oh. So yeah, you uh, you have two members of your squad as well, and you're going through. You're in Dubai. There's a bunch of people. I mean, a bunch of the natives are. Well, hold on. Why are they in Dubai? Uh, you're quote unquote sent there on a mission um, to basically stop this group of what you end up finding out is U.S. soldiers who are basically trying to have their own command of Dubai. The people there. I don't really know how else you really say it. You're going through your. You end up. You end up as you're going through and finding out that this squad, the thirty third squad, is kind of like the number of or like the group that's responsible for all of. So you're an American soldier who leads two other soldiers. You're sent over to the Middle East, Dubai specifically, facing a group of American soldiers that have gone rogue. Yeah. That's so you about get the over first there. Half of the game. What's yeah. the second half? Well, the second half is a bit more hairy. So. In the second half, you start realizing that things are a little weird, and you're finding this guy named Conrad, and he's kind of... is he? He's different than the radio man, right? Yes. Right. He's yeah. different than the radio man. Yes, but... Yeah. So you pick up a walkie-talkie halfway through the game, and all of a sudden you start talking to him, and then later, at the end of the game, you flash back and realize there were no batteries in the walkie-talkie the it whole time. It was broke the whole time, yeah. 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 Because he's all fucked up in his mind. So you end up confronting this guy who's basically set up as the main villain, and then you start realizing the story isn't so simple, and you've been shooting these other American troops that might not be that evil after all, and you're kind of the one who's actually gone rogue, and there's a bunch of endings that end in various ways, which I wasn't even aware of, which is interesting, and we'll talk about all those endings, but the bottom line is that you're suffering some degree of PTSD, are hallucinating a lot, and killing people that aren't really villains. So, like, I feel like 
there's a ver a variety of ways to interpret the actual events of this game. So I feel like the best way that I would describe it is to say that you start realizing the story isn't as clear cut as it was meant to be, and maybe you killing these Americans is about as evil as it sounds. Yeah, I don't think the story is that like I think this is one of the games. It's weird because you think going in that the story is going to be a big focal point, but I think that it, the sublayer, you know, the sublayers of it is actually more more important than the, just the over general arc story. I agree with that. I think so, that, like, a two-minute summary, I think, is really good. I think the point where the story becomes apparent that it's more than just the story is the most important part of the story. Yep. Which sounds stupid until you've played it and you realize that it's kind of... We'll come into the details of that in a minute. Um, my question to Frida, is there something different about PTSD? Is this something more than just stress? You know, something that you just deal... that everybody deals with on a day-to-day -day basis? And here was her answer to that. It, it is, in fact, different. It's qualitatively different kind of stress than the sort of daily hassles that we experience or even, you know, really um, major stressful events that you can think of. Uh, the thing that makes PTSD or post-traumatic stress disorder, the kind of trauma that's associated with that different than other kinds of stress is that it has to be life-threatening, that it happens in a way that it makes the person feel like my life or person or the things that make me feel safe are threatened. So for adults, that's usually about personal safety or um, my ability to stay, stay alive. For kids, it could be threat, you know, threatening the life or safety of their protector or their um, caregiver, the primary caregiver. And what happens is when your brain encounters this kind of danger, um, it's sort of a one-time learning trial because you may not get a second chance, right? Your brain's got to learn like that, that this is the kind of danger I have to avoid. So if I survived it this time, I may need to be this vigilant or feel this intense about the situation on a number of situations. And it becomes a disorder when the brain generalizes the kind of triggers that's associated with a traumatic event. But when you come home, the likelihood of that happening is very low, but similar situations, any similar kinds of triggers may lead them to re-experience the situation. You're having these responses that are not consistent with the situation that is required, and it interrupts your life. So the other thing, the other prompt that we were going to talk, I wanted to bring up is that when talking about PTSD, when talking both to Frida and my dad, they both brought up the concept of flashbacks. Here is a little excerpt on, about flashbacks. I guess from the description that you gave me, it sounded like that initial scene where, you know, he's engaging in the killing of the civilian. He may already be in the middle of a flashback. So in PTSD, one of the symptoms is having flashbacks or re-experiencing, meaning that, you know, you get a trigger and you think you're back in that moment, and so you behave as if you were back there again. And so it sounded to me like that some other traumatic event had happened prior. You have, maybe you may deal with it uh, with nightmares for a while. Uh, intrusive thoughts, you know, when you're supposed to be driving to work and all of a sudden you're thinking about the event and then you're not watching what you're doing and so somebody calls 911 and says hey there's an unattentive driver could be possibly falling asleep or drinking so you get pulled over by the cops then you just added another stressful event to the event that you were thinking about 
because it was intruding while you're do, doing what you do normally, just drive home. Those are the things that, that are, occur in your life, and those are real things. These are things that you feel, and it's, re, it's how you react to it. So I thought it was really cool. Um, so there's two pieces. One of them is that it was really cool that both of them, unprompted, came up with this idea about flashbacks. And one of the things I thought they did really cool in this game is the helicopter scene. Yeah. So you start the game in the helicopter scene out of context, and then they take you into the game. And then I think two or three more times over the course of the game, you perform the exact same helicopter scene. And, he, and the main character's like, wait a minute, didn't we already do this? And it, because you have done it, even though you did it completely out of order and out of context, when I was playing it, I was like, wait a minute, didn't I actually do this already? Did you feel the same way? The whole point of the way they do it is so that you forget that you've done it before, but you're doing it again. And yeah, it just was the whole point of that was to make you feel like you were experiencing a flashback. Right. Now, see, I didn't really get that at all. Like, what did you feel like when you saw that scene again? You're just like, oh, I have to do this again, and that was kind of the depth of it. No, I, I just thought it was very much like a lot of games and a lot of movies do that, where where you they start at the, at the beginning of the movie and they show a scene. And then they retell things. Right, like, like it's supposed to be like, okay, the whole game or the movie. Did you remember the context of it the first time? I did. Because there was no context the no, first yeah. time. Well, I mean, I remember like... Well, what did you think when I, he I said... I remember what, what was going on. I don't remember why they were in it. Because you just start in the helicopter. So did you not register right. it as weird when he said, oh, we're doing this again? I did. Yeah. But that's why I thought like, oh, maybe... I thought maybe it was just going to be more than that. Because of the fact he said that. Maybe I guess if he didn't say that... You like, thought, oh, you thought it was going to be like take a like a hard right somewhere in there. Yeah, something, something like oh, different. completely like oh, it's okay. crazy, and he's just imagining, you know, and like it's like it it's, gets it's, bigger every time. Yeah, kind or of thing. it's going in his head or something, and like he's he's going more further down the rabbit hole. This time but he's going to blow up an asteroid. For, the next time, as I was going through, I was like, oh, this is a really similar to the last time, and then like the there's a part where the helicopter runs into the end of a crane. I was mm -hmm. like. Holy shit, that happened twice? No, wait a minute, that didn't happen to yeah, the hell? Like, this is, must okay. be the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, I thought it was very much like an aha moment. Because when I played through that scene in the game, it was very much, by retelling that specific point, especially from the beginning of the game, where it's kind of, you're thrown into it as almost from a Call of Duty standpoint, right? So it's like this big set-piece moment to start it off. And then when it happens a second time, and he specifically calls out, like, I feel like I've been here before, I thought that was kind of one of those moments for it, for me at least, that I was like, all right, yeah, nothing is right here. There's something going on here that's bigger than just the thought of what's going on. It's very much the flashback type moment where clearly there's something not right mentally here. It's not just a game trying to be gamey. Is that the first moment that the game really switched gears? No. I think there was plenty of scenes before where you kind of knew something was going up. I mean, there, there's the scene in the mall where you where you start to see the, you know, that there's the the big heavy guy that's oh, coming oh, at I you, like that scene. and and you keep seeing like flashes of him, and he keeps yeah. appearing all over, and that you have to kill freaky. him. So I'll describe it because I bet you don't remember Nate. Um, there's a part where you get separated from your team, and you guys are like covering each other across a mall. Yeah. And at one point, they're like, "Oh, there's these guys. You need to go flank them." So you run like through the back behind them, and you're in like. A a mannequin area or an area yeah. that's yeah, like mannequin. storing mannequins yeah. the, the lights are like flashing oh, in and out yeah. and as the lights okay. go out and come back on the heavy is standing in a different spot and you mow down this the heavy and, and then the lights flash out and back in and you're mowing down a mannequin, a mannequin yeah and it does it a couple
couple yeah. times. It's, I thought it was super creepy and super. It was. Really I thought cool. that, I thought that was, that's where I guess well, that's, I guess the game kind of went weird on me because I thought that would have been so cool. Like if it would have just been crazy and like you just find out like after that that it's all mannequins. But then you do actually kill the guy. So I was like, oh, I kind of just it brought it down. Like I would have just I would have been like. That'd have been great if it was just because they're even yelling at you. They're like, "Where the hell are you, man? We're getting you know pinned down over here. Get over here!" And he's like, "I'm trying to get over there as quick as I can. You know, give me some time." Oh, so you think it would have made it seem more crazy if, if there had been no heavy and you? No, you it was all just mannequins. Yeah, that, that would have been that, so much fun. I I was trying to do my overthinking thing. I'm like, "Well, wait a minute. There's a body here. I I, I do. I wish that." I, I do agree with you. I wish that That's there hadn't been, even after you mowed down all the heavies, you know, because you're in this crazy, oh my God, I can't yeah. believe. Yeah, that would have really clued you in that you were legit crazy. Because. Instead of it just being kind of weird. Particularly wouldn't... in that point in the game, they've already taught you that those heavies will fucking kill you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Immediately. And so when you're like standing two feet oh. isolated in the room, I was like, <gasps> oh, holy shit. shit. Yeah. Um, so I thought that. But Do you think it would have been too much of a tell if they would have just been that's, like, "Oh, nope, he doesn't even exist." Yeah, that's what yeah, I would have just. Yeah. At that point, you got. At that point, I, I don't think there's any way you could not have known that something was going on. I thought it was more than I'm what ended blonde. up. Like what I thought was going on was going to happen, and what I thought the crazy, you know, the the level of crazy was going to be, didn't end up near, nearly as much as that. But you still had to figure at some point. That, like at this point, it's not what. It's not just a straight operation and you're going in call of duty style you know like you had to know at that point something was going on i mean if you really just thought oh well i'm still just going through the game and it's really I just thought an i was just loosely playing with the idea of war being scary like i didn't really really yeah like i thought it, my expectations were actually after that scene i was like oh they're going to play with the idea of actually how scary being at war is when did you get to the point where you realized something was not quite right um pretty freaking late in the game Honestly, like I didn't. So there is a playing it the second I time. I exactly. don't remember, but there is a point where you're like looking at fires of hell, and you're like, okay, well, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is definitely not. Yeah. Oh, well, after you get right after so the helicopter it ha- crash, probably had to, yeah, exactly. So it had to be somewhere before. Yeah, that. I was gonna say, was yeah. it before the helicopter, or was it like after the helicopter where you realized like something was after going like? Crash. I mean, I knew there was something funny going on, but I didn't. Not quite to the extent of what they just. I wasn't showed at the I, end. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I, I guess I feel like the opposite of Brian. I was like, oh, they're playing with how scary war is, and he might be slightly disillusioned. Mm-hmm. And then at the end it was like, you're actually an asshole, and you're killing everyone for just your own fears. And I guess, to me, the fact that you had people under your command who were following you so closely significantly threw off my belief that they were going to do something about That's you man. hallucinating a lot. Like, I was pretty darn sure that it wasn't going to be that crazy. Yeah, I tried to, to think about that, too, but... Like I was, I was like, trying to wonder, like, are they also suffering from the same thing? And, like, they're just also fucked up? And, like, see, that's that, the reason they're following you? Because they're also in the smart, same situation? That would have been a smart belief, but I didn't oh, even man. think that. Or, or, or they I more, wish you had like, brought that up 30 seconds later, because I have one other point uh, I wanted to bring up before we get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the one thing that you guys heard Frida talk about is that... um, So, she said that the PTSD trigger is normally a life-threatening event. And in this game... And so I asked her, and... um. I was kind of confused about it because in this game, the trigger is, or at least I think it is, when he kills the whole bunch of civilians, right? Yeah. And he just can't handle that he that he did, that, did that, right? Do you think it's that or do you think it's Is that before, before the heavy that? scene? That is before the heavy scene. Interesting. It's basically where he uses the white phosphorus on the that first group I, of 33 think- at the gate. I mean, I think that's where it pushes him way over the edge, but I think he's already going down that rabbit hole. Like, I think the minute you start killing, like, the minute you, you, 
you see that it's the 33rd. Like, in, right at the beginning, he's like, you know, you're, um, I forget the comrades' oh, yeah, names. You, They're like, oh, we can't shoot them. They're American soldiers. And, yeah, you and then they open fire first, huh? on you. And then you're like, oh, I got to kill them. And then immediately it's like, whoa, I just, I, I killed an American soldier. So I think you might be more on the money. But after that conversation with Frida, she was saying she thinks that even the beginning or, you know, the first confrontation and I don't know, for her, I was talking about the killing the civilians. But she was saying even that might be a flashback. And so I started as mm. I was playing it this time, I was looking at it and they keep talking about, oh, me and Conrad had some event in, I think, Kabul. Yeah, and something like that. nobody yeah. wants to talk about what happened there, can't right? right? Back to Kabul. And yeah, I think nobody can... wants to talk about it. And I was like, holy shit, maybe that's the thing that fucked them up. The ending. And Look, this whole kind of game is them being nuts. I, always, I was waiting for that. So they never really say yes or no. And I was kind of waiting for them to... Because he, like, he keeps bringing it up. But he's like, oh, Conrad saved my life. He, he you know, I, I got to go talk to Conrad because he can't be doing this. This can't be the, you know, like he, he's here. He's got to have some plan to save him because he's a good guy. He saved me. But like, I kept waiting for them to sit, like kind of like give us more details. But they, they purposely keep it kind of vague to you. Like what happened there? And like, one of the characteristics that both people talked about of being part of PTSD is... You know, you you go on, you living, and you can never remember, is this something that I already experienced? Is this a new experience? You kind of get lost and confused. In And the flashbacks are not necessarily these strong, okay, now I'm seeing this, now I'm seeing this. It's like you're experiencing, you're, you have feelings of deja vu, those kinds of weird feelings. And I thought it, they did a really interesting job of kind of trying to make you feel that in the game. I was going to ask, it seems like a good time to mention Heart of Darkness. Uh, have any of us read Joseph nope. Conrad's The Heart of Darkness? I haven't. Can you tell us about it? I don't know a lot about it, but in extra credits he did mention, and I did guess, that this was based on The Heart of Darkness, uh, which is, of course, a classic piece of fiction written by, I think Joseph Conrad is the author, right? Yeah. It was, and character. actually that's why they named the yeah, guy Conrad, but Conrad. they call him, they, they, it's Conrad with the K in the game, whereas his right. name in the author is actually with the C in the last name. Uh, I'm going to look it up real quick. I think it merits inspection because I think... You want to take a break? While we yeah, let's take up? a quick break and come back. So, Joseph Conrad's Heart of Darkness is basically, I don't know if it, this is based on it as much as Spec Ops The Line is clearly inspired by it. It's basically a really dark, famous classic piece of literature about someone from Europe going to Africa and witnessing colonialism at its finest and kind of its interaction with the native people and how brutal it all is and how inefficient the colonialism is and kind of like a really in-depth, sort of almost ethnographic examination on that. And it deals a lot with him kind of like being close to death, having PTSD, going back to Europe, kind of lying about some of the things that happened to him and some of the trauma that he heard to the people that he loves. And just this really intense story of just how bad wartime and enslavement can be. It's something that I've wanted to read for a long time. It's a very dark piece of literature. No Might pun intended. next up on our book list for you and I. Yeah, absolutely. Book club. Yeah. So the Conrad being a main character in this story is very significant in that way as, as homage to that book. Did you think he was really a main character for Captain Walker as you're kind of hearing him? Or was he more of just an ideal... Like a foil? That was kind of placed out there to give you something to fight for, or at least the idea that you're fighting towards something. Yeah, he could just be more of a concept than a character. One of the things I was going to bring up is he is never alive over the course of this game. No. Long dead. He's yeah. long dead before the game starts. They I... talk about... Inter 
the interactions with him are things that he talk about before the game starts. I kind of got the impression that a, he died in Kabul. I think he's a they metaphor really for another it, part but of they yourself. Kind of like, the way well, they, they show his body at the end, right? Yeah, his yeah. body's on like, the tower. Like, that's the big reveal, is that his But it's all, like, decrepit, there. so it kind of, like, seemed like, okay, it would be... It would have taken a long time for it to decay that much. Do we talk? Do we trust it? I mean, it's only supposed to be, like, a couple of days, yeah. right? My thought. Uh, that's another truth. Because, oh, I mean, yeah, it's I like, why, like, who would have put him in a chair up but, there just sitting? Well, that's what I thought, too. It's been, like, too. a year, right? But it hasn't been a year. It hasn't been less than that. Oh, my God, it has been a year. Has it? Was it a year that? Yeah, since- I, don't, I don't know how long it was since the uh, sandstorm hit and they sent the 33rd in versus when you actually reached the 33rd, but it seemed like there's at least a substantial amount of time that they took place say- between the two events, especially for the city to go that much to hell. Like, that had to have taken a little bit of time. I'm going to mess up this up, but they say in kind of the opening narrative, and I think it's that the sandstorm hit three months later, they sent in the 33rd, and then they hadn't heard from them in a couple months, then they sent in Walker. So six to six months? months? I, I, I could buy that. But still, His body like, could be messed know. up after three months, sitting in the in dust environment. Yeah. I will. I don't know. There's just, it seems like the story kind of fell short for me, but. I want to bring up one more thing from our guest star. So really, this is something I want to talk with Nate about. <gasps> so there's two, two pieces here. I'll do both of them. We ask people, how do you deal with your stress? People do it by working out. Some people do it by eating, drinking, substance abuse, jogging, gambling. Society is, measures what you're, how you deal with your stress. So if it's within society norms then of course you're handling your stress okay but when it goes out beyond those beyond what what society has set out then you know that's that's when you as an individual you feel out of place you you start second guessing yourself and so then you start to try to deal with the stresses that has brought that event to you so the first piece was about how you deal with your stress. The um, second about is kind of also related to how you deal with your stress. It's, it's really hard to say that if I give you 10 characteristics that you can find these t- all these 10, you know, so I'd be lying to tell you that, yeah, you know, we've come up with this. And of course, as soon as you name them, then somebody who's trying not to display them will know the 10 things yeah, not to do, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And we get good at hiding. Just like just like alcoholics, those with substance abuse issues, you get very good at, at hiding what it is what, that you want to hide. So there's two pieces. One is the how you handle your stress, but the second thing there was being able to hide things. So something that I kind of wonder in lots of different media, and this is just the one that came up at the moment, is you know, people are really good at, okay, everybody expects me, if you are an alcoholic, everybody expects you to be an alcoholic. You know the kinds of things that alcoholics would do, and you don't do them, right? right? It's super easy to hide. And mm-hmm. that's one of the things my dad was saying at the end, right? You do the things, you, you hide these behaviors. And the, then you're the, okay. Or at least you appear okay, Exactly. Right? It doesn't, it's really hard for media, though, to tray somebody who's hiding everything really well because then they're not showing you something. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, you're saying it's hard for the media to show an alcoholic like they really are because so much of an alcoholic is devoted to hiding them being an alcoholic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, you have to give You have to add some tells in there. Yeah. Yeah. 
to to let the audience, audience know what's going on. Which is interesting because most people that are under these conditions do have tells, <laughs> but it takes years, if not decades, of knowing that person in, in, well, yeah, almost some intimately pe- just to like recognize them. The quote-unquote poker game, you know, some people have really obvious tells. Some yeah. people are very good. And the professionals, which if you're an alcoholic that's been, or gambler or whatever, any kind of addiction and you've been there a long time, you're there because you because you're learn hiding. to hide yeah. well. So you don't have tells that are really obvious to the people around you, the audience. So Craig, do you have something? I think that's, it's true of anything. I mean, if you look at a professional poker player to Brian's point, if you look at someone that's even suffering from like depression. They become professionals at how to mask that, at how to hide those emotions to others, and how to portray something different externally so people can't understand what's happening under the surface. There's an interesting YouTube channel that just started recently called The Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, and one of the words, I forget what it, what it is, they come up with a word for the idea that as we get further and further away from people, they look more and more perfect. And there's a tendency that we have as humans to see those people that are further away as not as cracked as we see ourselves. And it's a very, I think it's true of not only people with addictions and problems in their behavior, but it's true of people that just act in their normal everyday lives. We, we act in a way that puts up a mask that we are more put together than we inherently actually are. That's true of a lot of things, not even just people. But I was just thinking when you were immediately saying that, I was thinking that games or movies or any, any kind of media, things that you remember from years past or your childhood or whatever, and you're like, wow, that was so amazing. That was the, the yeah. best ever. And then you play it like, or you watch it now and you're like, Oh no. my god, this is he- this is shit. How you know, like I don't remember From a this. Distance. You know, or like the remastered, you know, now Final Fantasy like, was not yeah. as good as I remembered it yeah. even after the remaster and I'm like, "Well, wait a minute." Yeah, like but even the remasters were like like, "Oh, wow, you know, those graphics, yeah, that's exactly how I remember it." Nope, those are remastered graphics. This is the originals and you're like, "Oh god, I don't remember that." Yeah, I mean, I, I think his time definitely heals wounds and as you get further and further away from whatever you're thinking about or looking at uh, with time you tend to morph it more into what you believe it to be in the perfect sense versus what it maybe was in reality the word i was thinking of that they posit on the dictionary of obscure sorrows is socha which is the uh the hidden vulnerability of others ah good word Hmm. so my dad brought up um ways that people typically healthfully cope with their stress so Alberto, yeah. what are some ways that you deal with your stress no actually not <laughs> no definitely not drinking um <laughs> yeah, that's uh, see you've trained yourself that that's a bad answer no no it's because i don't want to turn into my dad uh, oh, we're gonna Ooh, edit that out okay going down to bad angle <laughs> No, honestly, for me, I think actually one of the biggest things that has helped me with stress whenever I'm really stressed out is movies, just watching movies and especially movies where I can kind of like if the story portrays to something that I'm being stressed out about or that I've had to deal with in my life, kind of like for the longest time when I was young, I always tried to like run away from or whatever was stressing me out or whatever was bothering me. And then I actually ended up learning that what helps me the most is to just almost shove it in my face. That's what she like said. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I get> it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, like the this was brought up in the brothers podcast. You guys know that my sister passed away back in two thousand and ten. One of the things that really helped me to actually start kind of dealing with that was watching a 
movie about a cancer patient, uh, My Sister's Keeper. It, I mean, of course, like watching it and like even now watching it still makes me cry like no other. But, the book is better. I mean, yes, that's one thing. I started reading it and it's it is really good. I think it's interesting you say that because I have the exact opposite approach. For me, the most therapeutic, stress relieving thing is to do things that make me feel small and less like insignificant. Yeah. Why is that? Why would you? I I listen to electronic music a lot, and one of the things that I like most about it is mm-hmm. that it makes me feel almost like a disconnect i feel like the whole world gets smaller everything gets further away from me and that's one of the reasons i don't really connect with live music is it's very much a jarring juxtaposition to that feeling music is one of the primary ways that i sort of escape and when the whole world becomes smaller i feel like my problems shrink with it and i'm able to gain perspective on issues that are bothering me it kind of almost makes it seem like you kind of say there are a lot worse things that kind of happening it's it's not even so much that though because music doesn't directly hit on that it's just that it makes me feel the cosmic perspective yeah and i think that the dictionary of obscure sorrows really hits on this too it's a very sad melancholy channel i just love throwing myself into other worlds i think is really what it comes down to i like when i feel very stressed i'll play a game that's very involved and emotional or get involved in music that makes me feel a lot of feelings that's an in- what you just said there is very interesting because that that is what i kind of do with um i always find games as a very big de-stressor yeah but it's interesting because you a lot of the game, games but a lot of the games you play either like they're stressful for like certain reasons either they're difficult and you're just like oh i gotta beat this and you're just or you're obsessed with getting like a hundred percent and everything like you know i'm going through with a couple games right now or just the game itself it shouldn't be a distract like you play like a game like the line here where it's awful not a game that you should be thinking of as Emotional. a game to de-stress with because right. the, the the subject matter is not something you should be using yeah. to de-stress but i know what you mean like it's weird so, that you're playing this this weird situation but it's meant it as a somehow. fun de-stressing way yeah yeah it's interesting to hear that spe- part of it at least of de-stressing because i can identify that with that as well from a gaming perspective i think when you think specifically about spec ops though it almost it does a pretty good job of flipping it on that you think when you're going into it at least when i initially went into it that you're just going into a shooter yep just gonna go mow down the bad guys take out the nazis let's just kill all them shoot the bloody point bags yeah, exactly, right? Just watch the people explode and move on to the next uh, the next checkpoint and just continue on through. But what you get from it isn't that. It's very much not that at all. And from a perspective of if you're going in to try and relax, it's like saying I'm going to go watch Apocalypse Now and I'm going to feel good after it. You're not going to. It's not... <laughs> hey, at least I felt really not- good after Apocalypse Now, man. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Right? Not. So it's just it's interesting to... Uh, I found it interesting that about how they actually played with your emotions from maybe even from that perspective as this is something that I'm going to go into and just be brain dead about. And then when you come out of it, you're going to have to think a lot more about it than what you actually thought you might have had to put into it to start. I've heard this a couple of times now. I, I definitely Craig and definitely Nate have mentioned it, that the notion of figuring out that this is not just a normal shooter, that you're not just a normal military operation, that there's something else kind of off going on here. And at least from, like, I just wanted to go around, give a round robin here about when or when you realized that, or did you just, for like Nate, when he's saying like basically almost up to the end, he thought that this was just all normal straight shooter, you know, nothing 
kind of off going here like i mean for me like i almost from the beginning thought that this is not going to be just a, a call of duty normal military i i thought that this was i mean i was way off like i thought it was gonna be much crazier than it ended up being but i almost from the get-go like the initial combat thought that but i was just wondering what everybody else thought like will i picked it up between the two extra credits episodes uh, we, we saw them both before we started here um i saw the first one and they were like yeah you really gotta check this out there's some weird shit that's going on and yeah. so i played it with that as the context as i went in oh so you kind of so had a pre-notion I, I knew that there was something i didn't know what it was going to be and so i had kind of a feeling that it was going to be on um, Same. craig what do you so there were two specific things i played through the game originally years ago back when i came out and the first time that i played through it around release time it was mainly off of seeing some feedback from different critics and they're like there's something about this game, and I'm not going to tell you what it is, but do yourself a service and at least pick it up, play through it, and find out for yourself. Don't don't try and read more about it. Just do it and realize that the gameplay is going to be bland. So you knew that something was there, but going into it, I didn't know it would be this. So I was actually I was curious to throw it back to Brian because I was curious what preconceptions you came in with or what you what knowledge you had of the game or expectations of it that led you to kind of come into it with some expectation that it was going to be crazy or kind of definitely something different than a battlefield call of duty clone type experience Um, did you think it was going to be some kind of supernatural thing i didn't i mean this was i only played it once and it was so this was the first time i had played it but i I just i mean i guess just going in with with general knowledge of how games are i just couldn't i didn't imagine i mean i could have been just completely wrong but i just it was more of a guess than i I don't want to say intuition but it was more like a guess i was just like there's got to be more to this like the way that they were talking about oh dubai and you're coming in and it's crazy and there's the sandstorm and i'm like it can't just be i was gonna end with that darude song oh my god (laughs) 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 yeah i was just like there's got to be more than than what it should have been the credits theme. Stop um, singing or we're going to have to license fees. Like, I just was waiting for it. And I guess maybe that's also kind of where... So it sounds I, like I, expectations got Yeah, to, and the yeah. expectations, I think, got to me because... So I was going to... I'll take it back real quick. That the Probably the main turning point, I think it was um, after you bury the civilians, more or less, yeah. um, when you shoot out the windows pretty early on in the game, that I'm like, uh, that's that's a little far. That's a little too far. Hmm. I'm surprised none of us ever wanted to... Did, did any of us ever want to stop playing this game? No. Uh, well... So we all kept a pretty uh, gamey perspective on it? I did, The but white phosphorus, for, I put it down. I was I like, oh, okay. I did, but not for the... Uh, uh, which is to your answer of your yeah. question about what I... My expectations. That's kind of where I wanted to stop, but not for the reason that you're talking about. I wanted to put the game down also when that first scene for the white phosphorus happened. Yeah, like, I didn't want to stop his... playing forever. I just was like, I need a bit... Yeah. Which is a testament so when did that you, that scene when did you realize, great. Alberto, that, that this was... I mean, so definitely when Lugo uh, makes the first comment, because I think he's like, if we were to characterize like his side, or not side, but like his teammates, Adams and Lugo, I think like Lugo is almost the impersonation of the voice of reason. Um, he starts like calling out about all these things and like how wrong they are, this, that, and the other, which... Like, of course, like, when you kill the first American troops, 
dude, we just killed American troops. Like, this is fucked up. What are we doing? And your first response is just kind of cold. They gave us no choice. Like, there was just, there was no remorse. And when that happened, I was like... If you're telling me that Lugo is his conscience, what is mm-hmm. good, Yeah. he dies 80% through the game. Yeah. Well, uh, there yeah. goes all hope. There goes <clears throat> all positivity. Well, just blew up the mind. I and, wish I was that and so, Okay, so I love this characterization point because after Lugo dies, I don't... So one of the cool things, the part aspects of this game is that you give squad commands, right? Yeah. And they're all like, all right, I'm killing this dude, blah, blah, blah. I was just going to bring this up. You kill, after Lugo dies... Adams is like, yeah, I'm fucking on it. Fuck you. I'll kill him when I want to. Why don't you just kill him yourself if you want to? And yeah. he's so, like, completely disrespectful and checked out yep. at that point in the game. And there's only, like, a chapter before what he ends up dying. What do you think he represents? Um, if Adams is the voice of reason and conscience, is he just the voice of sort of apathy? I actually, like... when at, at, For that chapter, but before I mean, then... I mean, before then, Adams is just kind of almost following orders... At this, like he's like I think they're both. I think they're both kind of the conscious Oops. because there's there's the part where they're holding the the uh, the American soldiers are you know the thirty third are, are holding these guys hostage. It's one of them's the CIA guy, and you're like Lugo's like oh we got to get the CIA guy. We you know come on we got and then Adams like no dude we got to save the civilians and yeah. you can choose what to do. I, I don't think Lugo's always. The, I think they're both kind of the conscience like of doing the right thing. Yeah. Sure, sure. And they both end up dying. So you're like you know or. At least it's implied that they both end up dying. Yeah. So one of the other things about the imagery, it was particularly key for me, having played it the second time, thinking about what was it that happened before that might be triggering Walker. The critical scene where Walker sees the dead civilians and they're all kind of melting away, all having been exposed to the white phosphorus gas, right? That scene of those melting people, you see like a bunch of flashes of it as you're walking up in the scenes leading up to the game, that point where there's a bunch of people, there are a bunch of scenes where you are like walking through corridors and there are dead bodies on the ground and they look out of place, but they are, you know, from a programmer's kind of point of view, they are the, the same models that are, that make up the floor in that scene, right? Yeah. They're you borrowing that imagery and pulling it forward and kind of foreshadowing the nastiness that you're going to see. But looking at it from a different point of view, if this had all happened before in Kabul or something, this is kind of the beginnings of his flashbacks. Yeah. And it all culminates in in. that second time that he really, or when he starts, when he has killed the civilians. Yeah. That scene was so well done. I want to know what you expected. What cool game is in the head of Brian? Yeah, I mean, I just thought this was going to be some kind of like psychedelic trip. So you thought it was going to go like completely off the rails. Oh yeah, I thought not like, sticking with realism well, at all. It just a lot of the things that were going on. I just kept waiting because there's a number of scenes that jumped into my head where I'm seeing it. For instance, the mall. Then there's a scenes where um, Lugo dies, but then he comes back, but he's like this huge soldier guy. Oh my god! Yeah, and I then, was, I was oh, gonna make that scene. but then I'm what? like, what is so, going on here? Like, and I kill, I kill him again, but. I, he doesn't well, look like Lugo, and oh, that part that was, was even better. Yeah, that so part like, was huge I'm like, there's for gotta me. be something like I'm, you know, like I'm, like, like they're gassed, or Nate, like they're, I have to they were like the injected for me. with something, or Nate. What happened? Shortly after Lugo dies, sure, you're running up to basically the final boss. Yep. 
And you get to a point and you have to like break down this door. Yep. Trying to break down the door. You're messing with the door. You're trying to open it. And all of a sudden the door explodes and a heavy kicks its way through. Right. Mm -hmm. Already at this point, long past this point, you know, heavies are a fucking force to be reckoned with. You run the fuck away. Sure. Right. But this heavy has Lugo's face on it. And uniform. And voice. And uniform. And voice. And he's like, why did you kill me, dog? Paraphrasing. Dog is not canon. And you were like, oh, no. The logical response is to shoot him. Well, so you have to. You kind of have to. But start here's shooting the you? thing. Yeah. Just mowing him down. It's a really tough spot. So you're likely to die. I died. I think you probably both died at that point, too, maybe. Nope. maybe. No, I just mowed him down. <laughs> What? <laughs> Hold on. I was just like... <laughs> okay. I used all my so grenades on him. You're sitting yeah. right next to a heavy, so it's like... There we go. Boosh. Yeah, I remember this Hold scene. On. I remember being like, what do I do? Apparently, Brian did not Here's have that key. thought. <laughs> Here's the key. I didn't use the grenades. Hold on. Here's the key. What Let up? me fucking give you the key. Oh, my God. All right. All right. The hole is open. Right, all, right. all right, key master. If you kill... Gatekeeper. If you, if you die know. and have to replay that scene, Lugo's not in it. What? Oh, Dude. That's awesome. Fuck. It's just a heavy. That's Fuck. cool. What? Fuck me. Uh, Alberta, you should have sucked me. at that scene, twice. not all the goddamn others. God damn it. If you <laughs> feel like re- shit, what? play that scene. He's not in it. I feel like shit. I am serious. I'm so Honest to God. Wait a minute. Can we have a YouTube a video of this? Are Come you on. having PTSD right now? No. Yeah. Are you sure that's a thing? Can we bring this I, up on YouTube I, here? Okay, I will show you. Hold on. We'll be back. We'll be back, audience. Pause. All right, so let's go ahead and do the last little bits from our guest stars before we kind of go off on our own. The last questions that I, we, I set up for them is kind of your last thoughts. And so I asked both of them, and ironically, both of them had very similar last thoughts. So that's the first of the two things you'll hear. And the uh, second one is totally for Nate, and that is my dad kind of explaining one approach to dealing with a coworker or friend who you are not sure about their mental state and so well you know uh when we talk you know you were talking about the games and you know there's been the theories that games have influenced people for you know number of years but games did it music did it television shows did it i'm not sure if we're ever going to get away from that 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 thinking um, sounds like a really neat game. I sort of wonder how people, um, how it does affect a player, right? Like, because you're essentially experiencing someone else's PTSD symptoms. And there, there is this whole academic discussion about whether we can um, be traumatized vicariously. Because as someone who works with people who are traumatized, um, you know, there's a lot of discussion about that. And I think most of us think that we're or pretend that we're immune in some way um but yeah i'd be curious to hear from the player's perspective so we'll hear those in a second and our response to that one but here is um my dad's advice probably directly to you nate i mean he can always say you're going crazy or what you know you can always use that line (laughs) 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 that does sound like how i communicate yeah Thank you, Will. I feel so known. So what they both talked about before is um, kind of the response to how games affect people in general, right? That, exactly. Yeah, I definitely so want to I was going to go to Alberto, but he's got a mouthful. So let's go to Craig. Craig, what do you think about how games 
affect players? I think they do a pretty poor job of it overall. I think it's uh it's pretty rare that you have a game that can affect and actually probably count on both hands how many times that I've been emotionally affected by a game where it's actually uh, stuck with me past a single experience where, I mean, sure you feel emotions of happiness or joy while playing it. Wait, wait, but I'm looking for the button to turn you off because you're just wrong. Oh! <laughs> oh, oh. No, I'm just... Shots fired. <laughs> Jeez. So, how many on. games have emotionally affected you, Will, the fucking cantankerous at guy least, of the group? At least two this year. I mean, Jesus. Well, Will plays 65 games a year, so you Wait know he's minute. affected. What games have affected Craig? Craig, what, get, what, what are your lists of games there? That have affected me? Yeah. yeah. The is it top of the list is Journey. Ah, Journey. Like, by far and away, it's a, a two-hour experience that... If that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sub-two-hour experience. God damn it, Brian. <laughs> Hey, that there's nothing. Why are you there's nothing wrong with about game that? time? Right? I, oh, I thought you were being no, 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 bitchy no. about it. No, no, there's certain games like Journey. That's what I'm saying. I thought. That's sorry, a, I thought you were being Krampus. Go no, on, no, that's Craig. the type of thing. Absolutely. I was like, it's, it's two story. hours of pure bliss of something that is completely self-contained. But when it came to Spec Ops, it's one of the few games where killing someone it didn't mean anything in the beginning, but when you get through it. To me, it actually did mean something, and I'm like, man, this is this is a pastime, and this is, you know, probably 80% of the games we play are, consist of just mowing down people continuously. It's kind of fucked up. <laughs> like, I mean, to be honest, the actual action of what it is and what we glamorize it for, it was nice to have an experience that reflected that back at you and be like, really? Is this really what you should be doing? Is this really what you should be thinking about do you want to glamorize it and to intellectually stimulate you in such a way where you have to contextually think about what the actions you're doing are causing and how it's affecting those isn't something that most shooters have brought to the forefront of my thought before so i think the part where this kind of falls down i would agree that that's what they were shooting for shooting for haha yeah nice pun nice pun that they were going for in this game but in order to set up the situations that made you feel that way, the characters were doing some weird shit. Like what? Like the CIA guy deciding that he wants everybody in the world to die and he's going to blow up all the water. Like, what the hell is going on Yeah, here? that was very weird. Okay, that was that weird. That was a really <laughs> random part. I will agree. So, I mean, there are pieces, like, that don't make sense. Every person is unique. The 33rd, they're treated as, like, the 33rd is one entity, right? Yeah. And because you fired on one person in the 33rd, a whole battalion, tens of thousands of people are all going to hate you because you fired on one person. There's eventually going to be like, hey, dude, what the hell? You're an American, too. What the hell's going on, right? The interactions with so many people would be far more nuanced than, than they were in this game. Every time you interacted with somebody, it should have been a surprise that an American would have started to try and kill them. That's, inter so, I mean, that's interesting. I totally agree with you. It's on my list of games. But isn't that... Can't we accept that that was just a shortcut to... But it's like, a bad shortcut. A shortcut's not, a, not, a, not an exception. It, it, it's game developers trying to mimic real life and not fully understanding what they're trying to mimic. I don't think it's that. I think that was an intentional... I don't think that's intentional. So you think they just have a bad grasp on human behavior and they what? just assume that all people would be angry and then... No, I don't think it's that they have a bad grasp on reality, but I think it's just that that's kind of how a game is is made. It's that's 
what's built into their DNA in making games. That that's every every other game does the same thing. I think you look at a Call of Duty, it's the same thing. You're killing tons of guys, and nobody sits there and questions why you do it. it they're trying to, you know, if they're no, trying to make this point to kill guys in those games, like that's and the they're, whole. But not they're like. Oh, they're the bad guys. They're the Koreans. They're the Russians. There, there's some reason the for them actually to be the opponent. But that's right. not always the case. I mean, even even the the modern Call of Duties, you're still fighting them. Yeah, but even then, you never have any people that try to approach you with humanity in those. Games. But that's what I'm saying. That, that that's my point. There's never a situation in a game where you have that. So that's my point. Is that that's kind of just how games are going. Like, even if they're trying to make this point that, oh, well, why are you doing this? This, this is the whole thing that makes games satisfying to humans, is that they're black and white. There's a great Vsauce video, yes. Why Do We Play Games? And it, he posits that it's basically a way of us simplifying and easier and achieving more easily our Maslow's hierarchy of needs by reducing the complexity of our incredibly complicated world down to the black and whites, the rights and wrongs, the, the us and the others, <laughs> And that's the reason we play sports, is that there we are literally color-coded by who's good and who's bad. Mm -hmm. And I think that part of the reason games are fun and gamey is because of that black and whiteification. And I don't think that this game would be possible without taking that shortcut at some points. And I think that it sounds like you guys are developing a problem with the fact that it's doing that sometimes, but not all the times, and you kind of want a more consistent approach. Well, my problem... I, I don't know about Will. I'll, I'll give you a second. But it just here. wouldn't uh, be a game. But my thing is that it's not... It's not a problem that they took the shortcut. Every other game does the same thing. It's my part is that if they're, which I don't know if they're necessarily doing this, but this is what extra credit and what you guys are kind of saying too, is that they're trying to make this point about this. So if that's really what they're doing, then they didn't do a good job based off of the fact that they just did, they ended up doing a lot of what other games do, which is fall short of doing that. But if they're, oh, if they're not making like that point, that's fine, which I didn't think twice. they were. But it's still it once so you, you, once too many. Oh, okay. What do you think, Craig? It looked like you had a thought there. No, I was thinking there was two. There was one specific instance in the game, and then, I mean, for a a battalion that's been marooned for three months, say, by the time you get there, aren't they doing what they're supposed to? They're following orders that some invading force, whose you, yourself, that? Captain Walker, is coming in, and they're trying to defend, but. There was also one point where there was a little bit of... After you zip line down onto one of the roofs, you come into a stairwell. And if you don't do anything, you can listen to a couple of the... Uh, you come into the stairwell, and if you don't... If you don't start off aggressively with them, you just overhear their conversation. They're just talking. They're just people. They're just talking about... I think one of them's talking about bubblegum or something, and one of them's talking about their kids. Yeah. It's just a, that a, is a so conversation. And it's not until experience. When you went through basic training, they go and they teach you how to perform the night watch. That is the dumbest thing ever. You just sit around and wait for shit to happen. Nothing's gonna happen in the middle of the night when you're on the middle of an army base in the middle of nowhere. But it's all about training, how to work with your co colleagues, figure out what the time is, figure out that you can wake up for an hour in the middle of the night, act reasonably, and then go back to bed, and then still get a full night's sleep. But so you're sitting there for an hour in the middle of the night doing nothing. So what do you what do? You do? You're just sitting there staring. And normally you should be sitting there with somebody. I remember talking about what my favorite cereal was for an what hour. What was your favorite cereal? In the, from, like, <sighs> talking about all kinds Fucking of cereals hell. because it, it was... was Captain Crunch. 
Captain Crunch was up there, Lucky Charms was up there, Frosty Flakes. But that was <laughs> the point. Correct me, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't don't they say that really like war, like especially modern war, it's like 99.9 repeating percent of the time is just Downtime. sitting there boring waiting. nothingness. That is exactly followed what it by is. like five minutes of utter craziness, followed by another a million hours of just utter bored. Like that is exactly what it feels like. I, I, I really like the message that they're trying for in this game. And Do you think they were trying the, to send a message? Oh, definitely. No, they just they accidentally 110%. sent 110%. Yeah. I mean, I there's it. so much, like, talking did, to the character. Did they succeed in their message? Yeah. That's the part where it kind of falls down a little bit. And talking to Frida a, a bit about this, it's, it's one thing to be, like, you are a shitty person for playing a game and wanting to play a game and wanting to kill these people. But the only way to play this game is to... You have to be put into these positions. If there was like an out position where you're like, now nah, let's go home in the beginning of the game, even if it was like a two minute end scene and a credit scene, like that would have been enough to, f- to make it for me, right? If there was an alternate ending, a chapter into the game where you're like, nah, fuck this shit, we're out, that would have made it a more holistic, complete experience to me. <laughs> I totally agree with that point. That is, that's half of my problem with the game. And if they are really are trying to make this point is that, and which I think was a problem with games, and I guess is where the whole VR thing is coming, is getting more immersed and more actually integrated into the game itself, is that you're still a player that's objectively back away from the situation. I'm not physically in that situation. Maybe if I was in that situation, maybe if I was actually Captain Walker, I might do half the shit that he did, but there's times, like, there's the scene where you have the guys that, that you know, the there's the one soldier, and then there's the guy who's the thief, and they're hanging from the rope, and you have to shoot one, you know, and there's multiple different ways you can tackle it. The first Excellent thing I did scene. was nothing, because I was like, I don't want to shoot, I'm like, both are, are guilty, I don't think either one was better than the other, so I'm like, I did nothing, they die. So, my point of view had no bearing. I wasn't really immersed in the game, and then when I came back next time, I'm just like, okay, well, I guess the thief is a tiny bit more, you know, maybe the soldier's just following orders. Yeah, but but what about that? And then the end, then the end, it's the same thing where it's like, you know, which is one of the endings, and it's like, okay, you have Captain Walker, and what do you do? And, like, he has the gun out, and I'm like, well, I don't really want to shoot him, so I did nothing, and then I, you know, of course I died, but there's things that I would do that I'm doing objectively because I'm not that, so I don't think... I don't think it's like, I, I don't have PTSD. I don't know how to react, and I can't react the way that he would normally react in this situation because I'm objectively controlling him from a, a standpoint of not having been in that situation. What about Depression Quest? That's more along Depression Quest. Uh, this is spoiler, similar. But, it, but that's have, more like where you're forced into... You technically have and see all of the options, but you're not able to choose the ones that are the most functional because you're not at that level of functioning. And I think that this game is kind of doing the same thing. But I don't think this game gets to that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't think this game achieves that because I'm still... I think it succeeds just by getting you to the point where you want to stop. I think that's as far as they can go with a game that's driven in the way that games are made now. But what do you mean want to stop? Like, okay, I understood, like, the whole game... You didn't want to make the choice. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's a success that in is a, right. But that didn't that stop is a me choice. from playing that is the a... game. Like, yes, I understood, like, okay, the phosphorus. I didn't want to do it, but I'm playing the game. Did you know you were doing it? Alberto did. Did you know you were gassing civilians? I didn't quite know that it was civilians, but like at first, like something seemed off. It was a little too foreshadowed. Well, no, not even that. Like, like just in the in the act, like you know, I saw tanks coming, like, and I saw myself 
getting shot at this end, so I was aiming at those even though I didn't really want to. I was kind of hoping that it wasn't white phosphorus, but I was like, well, this is what I'm doing, okay. And then you get to the end where the civilians are, and like I saw that and I was like, wait, hold on. Those, those either aren't soldiers or they're all just like sitting down eating or hiding for whatever. I don't know. Like, cowering. So yeah, like something's off. Granted, this is something that soldiers would also do. Yeah. Yeah, true. And Good so point. I was like, this scene isn't going away. I I guess I have to sh- shoot this one. I did that. Yes, thank you. That's that's my point. Like, it, it, it forces you. That's what I was kind of saying is that you're forced to make these decisions that because you're forced to choose but that may but what you really wanted to do your your actual thing if you thought you were in it is not what is an available choice in the game which I, is that's the brilliance of it though it's but that's not, that that's exact just, tension that's, right there that disconnect is exactly what communicates to you how fucked up walker is as a character but that's not it it's not it, that it's not I, that you're i'm totally with nate on this one. i think i you're, get exactly what you're saying you're, you're not saying, feeling comfortable with your choices is the fucked up mindset that they're trying to put you game in great exactly well one of the things to me. I see exactly what you're saying. You're saying like you don't feel like you have agency and you feel like you're being shepherded along uncomfortably and it's pushing you down a path you don't want to go and the game gives you no way to address that but path. But that's how shepherd is... Su- or shepherd. Wow. <laughs> uh-huh. Mass effect, what? Uh-huh. That <laughs> see, is how... I'm, I'm with you. That's Walker exactly Walker is supposed to feel. Yes. He's not supposed to feel like he has a choice. Even more than that. That's right. a soldier, right? You don't have a choice. Even, well, you but he's the one in command. One that, but the, the disconnect between what we want to do and what he does is what drives home his mental dysfunction. Okay, even though he doesn't want to, he thinks, you know, he knows that, okay, maybe using the phosphorus isn't, even, even if they're enemies, even if they're just soldiers, it's still a shitty thing to do. He to doesn't, but maybe he doesn't have that hesitation. That's even more to my point then, because what I'm saying is that He's still in his mind, okay, maybe this isn't the greatest way to do it, but I need to do this. I never felt that I needed to do... So what you think this game should be doing is putting us purely in Walker's mindset. And I think what this game is actually doing is putting us in Walker's actions while taking a look from the outside at his mindset. And I think that's why the fourth wall quotes work so well in the game. Is because you are like one degree behind this character while doing his actions and looking at... And I think that's part of the nature of PTSD. It's almost the dual nature of your personality. You have reality, and you have another that's, version of events, and it's really difficult to find the line. I like your, I like your analogy there, and I agree with it, but that wor- I feel it would work. that works better if, you, say, I was watching a movie, and I wasn't, and I wasn't controlling this guy. Because I'm controlling this guy making the decision. Like, if I'm watching a movie, and he's just doing it, okay, fine, I can see. Like, I can see, oh, this is what PTSD does to a guy... I'm yeah, but away you from having but the to whole do point it of this makes it is so much more immersive. Making you feel like, but I never felt like that's what I'm saying. Like it never made me feel like you this told is... us you didn't want to make a decision. That's part of it. Yeah. No, but I didn't want to make a decision because I'm looking at it from an objective person. That's who's not... part of but it. But that's nah. It doesn't. It doesn't work. You stepped away. You decided that that reality was not the reality that you wanted to take a part of. That's exactly what that's Walker the whole is game feeling. Yeah. I don't think so, though. I don't think that's. I feel that he's he's feeling that that is. What is actually, that's not a choice that he's 
I feel has like to make. That's the choice he wants to make because that's the right choice. I feel like you're I making Walker a more and more a more black and white character than he's supposed no. to be. Actually, I mean, if I remember that scene correctly, I don't correctly, think Walker wanted to do anything no. in this game. Because also, well, like in that scene, like, oh, I do because I think that, I think a lot that's of it was why out the of his thing. control, just like you playing this game. No, I don't think so. That's like the whole it's thing like, with no. the walkie-talkie, no. where he's hearing Conrad's voice. He wants to believe that, you know, he wants to believe that there's somebody else to blame, and that's what he really thinks in his mind that this I, person really. I, Okay. I would so say. he's not making so, this choice hey, because they're putting you in the position that you want to blame Walker. You don't want to take responsibility for any of your choices. So right before you actually launch the white phosphorus, Lugo does make a comment saying like, dude, wait, hold on. I know we got to get past them, but there's got to be another way. Oh, yeah. And Walker says, we have no other choice. So there, that makes me kind of feel like he doesn't necessarily want to do it and in that the response to that line he's like dude there's always another choice and he's yeah. like except there's not right and then that is walker's quote in yeah. that position yeah and yeah, then which makes him, there is no choice but we not, have to do this no see i'm looking i look at it from the other way so he's sa- right there he's saying he's saying let's I, just kill him because i want to kill him yeah because no. that's the way that's the no. he said that's we the have most- no choice Obviously, there you have another it. choice. Lugo's telling you you have another choice. No, well, Lugo Walker says doesn't want there to believe has to there's be another, another way. He's saying there has to be another which, way. Yes. Which, of course, like... But Walker doesn't call. even sit there and, and say, oh, let's think about this for a second. Well, because... Which, okay, maybe you're saying, okay, we're in the middle of war. We don't have a second. Fine. Still, he's just immediately... That's what he wants to do. That's what he thinks is the right way to go. Then, he okay, question, then question, question, hold on, hold on. So then, after you find out that you've just launch this white phosphorus or in walker's mind whether whether it's a flashback or not walker believes that they have just launched white white phosphorus onto all the civilians his first thing is conrad is going down for this it's because he did not want to do that he did not want to kill civilians yeah he's trying to place the blame again for his action on something else if if he's trying to place the blame that's not a choice out of his his control that's not he he's forced to make this choice he's he made this choice he wanted to do this and now is deflecting his guilt onto something else if we leave this topic and move on because i don't think we're making any headway i I don't know i I, i'm fascinated by this topic. i'm fascinated as well but I, i think that because I think this is a We've big part of the all game. To say on it. So one of the things we wanted to talk about, and I and I really like, because they bring it up in the extra credits video, and Brian brought it up. Depending on how you look at it, it's completely different. If you look at the trophies, right? The scene with the two people hanging. There are two different trophies. Mm. Yep. The trophies are shoot somebody or shoot the snipers. Yep. They are not pick one of the people. Yeah. Yep. Right? I love how this game sets it up so that they're like, this is your choice. Yep, a choose or A or B. B. And you can pick C or D. But it's but A and B are actually A, and B is right. something completely different. Yeah. Right? I love that in this game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And that's not the only place that it comes up. I mean, you have the people that are hanging there. You have later in the game when you have the crowd that's all coming at you. And right. the game tells you, it's like, hey shoot the civilians, like, clear them out of your way. And Did anybody you actually don't have do that? Sh- I shot them, but that's the second oh. time through. First I, time I shot in the air. I immediately right, yeah. just shot it. Through the, maybe I missed them saying, like, you must uh, shoot the civilians. They're just like, oh, we got to clear the crowd. And I was just like, okay, I was shooting the air. And they I actually, Adams is sitting there specifically asking, dude, can we shoot them? Let's just shoot like, them. Yeah, Adam, the let's just shoot them. They killed Lugo. We need to kill them. This is yeah. fucked up. They, oh, I can't believe I they killed Lugo. Right let's kill them. I, 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 I actually tried at first to 
see if I could walk through them. Like, yeah, just kind too. of ignore them. And then I got hit, and I was like, oh. And then I turned around yeah, and tried to walk through a door. It was locked. I was like, oh, well, okay, shoot in the air. Maybe, hopefully. You can also just punch them if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's really interesting that this is actually one of the scenarios they put us through in training when I was um, going through the leadership training course in the Army. The situation they put us in is they gave us a civilian. We had to, like, transport the civilian along, right? And then they were like, okay, but your rules from the command are you can't touch the civilian, you can't shoot the civilian, you can't threaten the civilian, you just needed to take this civilian over, right? Sounds like the worst Assassin's Creed mission. (laughs) The whole time, the guy who we were escorting was just being a fucking pain in the ass he was who want more jelly beans he was like walking up to people going through their backpacks as it was on their back and you're like no get off and you you can't like a weird dog engage them they're all up in your shit you can't make them do anything and it's this conflict between what you want to do what your mission is what your what you can your actual mission parameters are and it's this heavy disconnect you just can't make everybody happy and can't make everything work and um i forgot why i brought this up I forgot what point we were talking about. <laughs> i'm gonna bring it back to that quote did, did, we he, did he steal your uh snack i'm gonna bring it back to that quote we mentioned a second ago which one uh i'll probably just edit this right in when we're talking about it okay the actual quote is you're fucking kidding right that's white phosphorus yeah i know what it is you've seen what that shit does you know we can't use it might not have a choice lugo there's always a choice nope there's really not well, at first, like, when they showed the mortar, I was, I, I actually just thought it was just, like, a regular, like, mortar, can't, like, explosives, whatever. And then, yeah, when he said white phosphorus. Would that have been any easier for you if that was just a regular mortar I mean, versus a, a, a mortar filled with phosphorus? I think it would have been easier for me. Yeah, I felt really bad about the nature of the But you wouldn't have felt as bad if, if they were the, just, if there was mortar shrapnel ripping them apart? There's something very real about, like, burning your flesh yeah. off that hmm. felt really uh, a bullet is an elegant death I know what you compared mean. to burning. I, I just I don't know if I would have felt any less. <laughs> I would. I mean, if, if I, it were still like, like it's like take I know a step back mean. to mortar, right? I know. No, I know what you, you mean. You're viciously murdering all these orcs, but their alert. But their blood is black, so you don't. You're like, eh. If it was red blood splashing over the screen, you'd be like, oh. Even though it's the same thing, yeah. it's just that imagery. The idea, the Im- this of people's burning flesh there was it just like got under my skin the I, the movie person that i am sorry i need to make another reference there's a movie uh we were soldiers and there's one scene in there that like just gets Spoilers. me so much what's well, a movie okay um, okay if, if you don't want to hear spoiler for go whatever. 30 um, seconds spoiler for we were young there's a guy that gets um burned there's so th- they call a plane attack and there's one bomb that gets dropped a little bit too close to where they're everyone is and this guy gets burned and they need to take him to the helicopter to go get first aid to try to i mean he's gonna die and in trying to pick him up they like try to pick him up by his legs and arms and the skin and muscles on his legs just fall off and you like basically a tender piece of chicken yeah and like mm. it's just there was something i mean like the entire movie you're seeing soldiers dying left and right well but there was something about that that was just could not watch it the first time revolting and even now that i I can kind of see it there's just something about it that just gets me at my core more than anything else 
Craig, you were saying that the white phosphorus was particularly important for you in this game. Why Why was that? I think it goes back to a little bit of the player agency. And despite even playing through it the second time, I was more conscious of what was happening because I knew, I knew what was coming. Um, but even while doing it, you're in that process. And I think what it does is it calls back to other games and your expectations within the medium um, of like the AC-130 scene, which is a very iconic scene from Call of Duty. Oh yeah, uh, right before So you're just doing it and you're just like raining bombs and just seeing things explode, which is kind of what you think. And it's black and white, so you're removed from it at that point already. Um, And as I'm going through it, like even starting off with the thought of that, I know that this messes up and that this is going too far. By the time I complete it, I fire that last bomb just because I was like, oh, there's more people there, and I blow it up, and I'm like, oh, shit, those people weren't doing anything. They weren't even, like, trying to move around. Like, they looked yeah. like they were just, like, seated down. And that was one of the points in the game where I'm like, I lost a little bit of control myself just partaking within the action, and I was like, I went too far. And I thought about yeah. that from an own my own personal perspective, I was like, man, I just, that, nope, nope, definitely fucked up. And then you're walking through and obviously you're seeing some of that imagery that you're speaking to, Will, of just people burning and trying to scrape across the ground and just trying to move around. And then you get down to where all the civilians are just huddled up from earlier being kind of escorted off. And you're like, it, it, that part just hit particularly hard. You brought it up, the going down to the civilians. I thought it was really interesting that the extra credits talked about is the way that they have designed this game in general is that almost everything you do is descending, descending, descending. Yeah. And the, the, the pieces that you play are all descending, descending, descending. And occasionally they'll put you up at a high tower or kind of a cutscene will take you to a higher place. But then as a character, as, as you're playing through the scenes, you're going down and down and down. After having listened to that the first time, you know, I noticed, I, as far as I'm aware, there's not even a, an animation for your character to scramble up things. Yeah. I don't think you can go up ladders or anything. No. There's no way to ascend in this game. Everything is going down and stairs. going down and going yeah. down. Yeah, there's, there's, there's things of what? going up. There's, there's one, one ladder. ladder. There's one ladder. Is I remember it? there's one ladder that you have to cr- they have to climb up to get to a gun emplacement to defend as you're trying to get. Forward. Yeah, there's little like oh. things like that in stairs, and there's parts where like there's one scene where you're going up a, the tower. That's where you get the sniper r- rifle for the first time. But for the most part, yeah, it's mostly you're descending these tall buildings. The, but even on that tower, you're zip lining down from another taller building to get to the radio tower. And even the ladder, you're, it's after you fall down in the hole, after you fall like 300 Yeah, feet. I mean, a lot, of, a lot of it is descending. Down 300, up 10. That's a pretty <laughs> obvious bit of symbolism, and I think it's really cool. Your yeah. descent into madness. I don't think I would have noticed that. But while we're talking about imagery, the most smack-you-in-the-face piece is where you are literally watching the screen burn around you and you see the tower of dubai as the like pinnacle in the middle of screen and you're you are basically in hell watching the things burn around you and this is what happens right after the helicopter scene there's a lot of imagery leading and a lot of subtle pieces that is the first time they're like no 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 this is what this game is about i think yeah yeah 
All right, so one of the things I wanted to talk about has come up a couple of times in our previous podcasts is Nolan North and his voice acting performance on this game. One of the things, and I, I can't remember which medium talked about this. I'd really like to, you know, give them credit. But one of the things they were saying is that you start this game off and you feel like Nolan North is really doing this, like, phoned-in voice, super generic army guy. And you're playing the game and you're like, well, you know, okay, he's just doing... Generic army guy number two, but as he goes further and further in the game, and you realize that he's getting crazier and crazier, that's where you really see the extent of Nolan North's abilities. Not being able to kind of judge voice acting in general, I wonder if if you feel like you got that same kind of impression. I remember my overall impressions of the voice act, and I remember thinking that he was a good choice, but not like a like nothing in particular stood out about it for me. And I think that's actually pretty impressive, considering the Prince of Persia and the Uncharted. Oh, God, Uncharted. Like, I think I dropped pretty quickly into accepting him. But I also felt like his development as a voice acting talent mirrored perfectly his like, ascent into craziness as the game went on. Like, it didn't feel like he was ever, like, out of touch with the character he was portraying. Like, at the beginning, he was just kind of a normal guy, normal military voice. And then at the end, he felt slightly rough around the edges, but he didn't sound like he was completely stereotypically crazy or anything. And so I think that's like probably the best it could have been, right? How about you, Craig? You played it a little more recently. What did you think about the voice acting in this game, particularly Northern North? So, I mean, especially around the time when this came out, I mean, it was back in 2012, I want to say, which was right after Uncharted 3, which was in 2011, I believe. Yeah, I think it was somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah I think that, that sounds about right, but... Yeah. For Nolan, I mean, at the beginning, it's just, let's go shoot the bad guys. Gotta go kill some people. And as it continued on through the game, I think it it did actually show a little bit more of the breadth of character that he could portray in someone with how kind of estranged his voice almost became as as he reached further into what that character was going through and the types of demons that he was fighting with while just trying to portray that through a through a character. And you don't have, like, the extra stuff going through this. I mean, it's not like there's great mocap and facial recognition and all that type of stuff kind of going into it where you're seeing a lot of those additional technologies help enhance the performance, which I think actually plays a little bit more into how well done the voice acting was for him. And I actually think all around, even outside of Nolan, I think it was done pretty well with the supporting cast of... Lugo Adams um, of providing you know kind of the gruff military feel but also they still sounded like humans they didn't sound like caricatures yeah they weren't like expendables voices so Nate let's talk about these loading screens I thought there were some great My lines that came up in the loading screen while you're pulling up the the lines there Nate told us a little story about you Alberto and <laughs> that you thought after you failed a scene when it told you this is all your fault that it was really picking on you. Do you feel like it was directly calling you out when you saw some of those loading screens? Parts of it, yeah. I thought like that was that was actually I saw that one once and I was like, "Oh shit. Okay." The as far as I remember, oh, I you weren't you like failing a scene pretty repeatedly and it said this is all your fault and you kind of felt like the game was trolling you? No, that was when it was saying like you've died in this particular area multiple times. Oh, yeah, the ninja guy. Like yeah, the ninja guy. Yeah. I was like, no, oh, God, shut up. That. No, the one that got to me, which was probably my favorite one of them, was you're still a good person. Ooh. I was like, oh, shit. There's, 
There's two I want to bring up. Okay. One is from the story point of view. At one point, they're like, do you even remember why you're here? And I was like, fuck, I don't know. Why did I come to Dubai? What uh-huh. the f- fuck? Oh, really? You didn't, re- I, you didn't actually, like, you legitimately didn't remember, like, the original reason they were there? I'm sure he, like, remembered. No, 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 no. You tell me the original reason they're there? Well, yeah, I mean, the original reason was they were called in because the 33rd and Conrad had gone rogue and taken over Dubai. So you were were in there to investigate what was going on. No, your mission was to scout out, see if anyone was there, and then go back. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's right. You weren't even supposed to... You but not, to stop it was not supposed to be a combat mission, yes. You weren't supposed to get involved with the CIA. You weren't supposed to get involved with the 33rd. You weren't supposed to do any of the shit that went down. Right. It's more like, what was the original circumstance like, of why I was here? Why did I get What was the exact into this? Shortly after Lugo's death, it's like, isn't it nice for Lugo? He doesn't have to deal with PTSD. If Lugo were still alive, he would likely suffer from PTSD. So, really... He's, He's the, the lucky, lucky one. one. And I was like, Fuck oh, me. man. I never Kidney thought punch. that one. Some of these are bad. Okay. Let's, okay. let's talk I, let's about this. I don't remember it, but... Let's, let's talk this list, guys. Number one. How many Americans have you killed today? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Number two. Yep. There is no difference between what is right and what is necessary. Number I don't three, remember that one. If you were a better person, you wouldn't be here. Yeah, that Ooh, one's a right little... I don't remember that one either. Uh, number f- four, it's time for you to wake up. Number five, Ooh. squad commands are unavailable when you're alone. No one can help you now. Number... F- I do remember number, that one, yeah. You are still a good person. That's... Yeah. The squad piece is because it kind of evolved from earlier in the game. It's like, well, you can't do squad commands when you're in the dust because they can't hear you. Right. Yeah. And so, in the beginning of the game, they're actually kind of useful yeah. information. It's like context clues. Yeah. And then, and then it's yeah. slowly like, then like that slowly one adult swim show. The, yes. It like slowly devolves into just madness. I love that. Yeah, that's a good point. That That, um, that is really... And it, it's it kind it of a hint with and the a things tactical, in the game. like... Yeah. It's tutorial, awesome. like telling you, like, oh, well, you can't do this in the, in the, in the, when you're alone in the in the sense. But then later, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, that kind of clicks and makes sense, you know. Can you even remember why you came here? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's Said a that classic. One. One. This is all your fault. My personal favorite bit of text ever in a video game. Do you feel like a hero yet? To kill for yourself is murder. To kill for your government is heroic. To kill for entertainment is harmless. Whoa! Boom. I think Whoa. I remember that one. Now that you mentioned it, that's a hit yeah. to shooter. Yeah, that one's games. amazing. Jesus, white phosphorus is a common allotrope used in your slaughter at the gate. It can set fire to soldiers and the innocent civilians they are trying to help. What? I never Whoa. saw that. that wasn't in there. It's yeah. Conrad. He did it. All of it. Oh yeah, you say that. Yeah, also but in because there. Conrad's dead, and it Conrad is you. Yeah, Conrad right, is people. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> cognitive cognitive dissonance is an uncomfortable feeling caused by holding two conflicting ideas simultaneously. You cannot understand, nor do you want to. That's another great one. Yes, it is. Because it's... Yes, it is. It's, it's, it's you yeah. trying to figure out this game. It's Walker trying to figure out his position all at the same time. The U.S. military does not condone the killing of unarmed combatants, but this isn't real, so why should you care? I never saw that one either. We cannot escape anguish. It is what we are. As mentioned, if Lugo were still alive, he would likely suffer from PTSD, so really, he's the lucky one. Adams blames Walker for Lugo's death. It's his fault they didn't leave Dubai when they had the chance. That's pretty (laughs) fucking direct. And lastly, Walker's obsession with Conrad has brought nothing but destruction to Dubai and his squad. I like the, uh, 
the one quote that it caught my eye was Walker. We're 800 yards away from finding out who's more full of shit, you or Intel. And then Lugo responding, wow, if I wasn't a hardened killing machine, that might have hurt. That's uh, one of like, the, the first lines in the game. Yeah. There are some all, also some great quotes just in the game the whole way through. Yes, there are. Awesome. Awesome writing. So one of the things I wanted to bring up, there's a helicopter trying to shoot at you through a window and you have to like run away mm-hmm. and down into the thing. Over the course of that scene, you hear the radio guy and he's all like, he's playing the, that uh, music. doesn't he play like Rolling Stones or something? He plays some like kind of music. Like, yeah. Like, the part I liked about that is it's just him. Like, yeah. <laughs> You're like, it, oh shit. It made me think of like those like cartoon <laughs> reels. Yeah. I like those parts where he's like, he's like, oh well, you're getting into a battle now, so let's play some. And he's like, you know, he plays like they had it in one of the call, one of the, um, I think it was the original um, Black Ops where you're in Vietnam and like, you know, it plays like again Rolling Stones and they do the same thing here and like they're playing and it's like, you know, it's this upbeat song about tempo about like, oh, you know, like everything's you know great and fun and like you're in the middle of this like battle yeah, and everybody's dying around you, you know. That does bring remind me of the radio guy. I com- almost completely th- forgot about him. He's a major part in the first third of the game. He's like, he's a like big part of it, the yeah. part that you're going for, and then he gets replaced by the walkie-talkie by Conrad. Mm-hmm. But well, he's up until you get to the helicopter, the uh, the real part. So like okay, yeah. So um, what about this radio man? So that was another piece that I felt was like a, a hole in the story. The part where or at the end he's like no batteries in the radio. No, 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 no. Earlier. No, because he talks to you differently. He doesn't talk to you through the radio. Oh, got it. That's okay. Conrad that you, yeah, you're right. you you're think right, is right. Yeah, he yeah. talks through like the uh, speakers. Speakers in the city, and right? like yeah. Um. But my problem is when you actually meet the guy, mm-hmm. Lugo kills him in about yes. three Thank seconds. You. Yes, yeah. I was and just like, gonna say what? that. Why? <laughs> That's completely out of character for yes. Lugo. That's what I'm saying. There's some hole that I I wanted to get to when we get to gripes, but there's yeah. definitely holes in the story that I'm just like. Let's explore also, that also psychologically. With, also, Why would well, that have happened? Well, the thing is, like, with just how cold he did, like, he was like, "Wow, that would have taken me forever to figure well, out like Lugo, how to like actually get Lugo that. and Adams to an extent, or or like kind of the, they're always the conscience of like, dude, why are we doing this, and should we be doing this, and you know, Walker's just always kind of like. The blinders on, like, no, yeah, yeah, we gotta do this, you gotta do this. Yeah, but don't. So his and, conscience. But then was Lugo like, just kind of like, like, bo- like in that point, in like Walker was like, oh, we, you flat. know, let's take him, in, you know, let's just, t- you know, take it back, take him in, and Lugo's like, no, fuck this, boom, and he just like shoots him. Like, yeah, but people in real life are never flat characters. Well, you the can change. Your commanders not. going crazy. Like, isn't it at least remotely palatable? Is, that no, I can, like, I agree with that. But, I, but then, then Lugo like immediately turns back to Lugo, like after doing that. It's just like it was just like a weird jump in his personality and then he jumps right back to what he was before like i could see like if you're saying like oh if he just you know the ptst is getting to him and he totally turns into this new guy yeah but he just immediately turns back into lugo again it just seemed out of character for him to do that i agree do you have any opinion on uh how lugo acted Craig? i mean i kind of went into it with the the same expectation that you guys did and when you get up to that point and he takes over the radio, and the DJ actually helps him out, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, like, he's like, yeah. hey, yeah, like, here, the, this is how you do it. Yeah, the radio man sets it up. He's like, oh, yeah, just do this, this, this. And he's like, oh, man, that would take me forever. And then pulls out his gun and shoots him three times. Yeah, like, that's what done. I'm saying. It was just weird that he just did that. It, it just seemed out of... It, Goes all before, gangster on him. Yeah. <laughs> Pops a cap. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brat, brat, brat. 
Before we get to Brian's gripes, Craig, why don't you break down the different possible endings for us here? Oh, yeah. And then we'll talk about how we each experienced it. Yeah, so there's two possible endings, and then there's three other kind of epilogue scenarios that could happen as well. Oh, yeah. So at the very end of the game, obviously, when you're confronted with Conrad or who you perceive as Conrad, you have the ability to either... Pull the trigger when you're looking at the reflection through Conrad uh, in the mirror. If you do that, when Conrad's looking at you, then you commit suicide as Walker, and your body's just kind of left up against Conrad's dead body, which is looking over the city. And you hear the original broadcast playing over the remnants of Dubai. Um, The other option, if you shoot the reflection of Conrad, then you see Conrad dying, obviously, or his dead body. And then you also hear his voice telling Walker that he can still go home. And then Walker radios for evac. And that's kind of the two ways that that last scenario can play out. Which then leads into the epilogue. Um, and in the epilogue, you actually see Walker kind of sitting up against... Uh, he's sitting on a staircase, or he might be sitting in a vehicle, I can't recall. Staircase. But staircase. he's actually wearing the jacket that says Conrad. It actually has his name tag on it. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yep. Whoa. Um, through that incident, you have uh, three different options. So you can either shoot the Americans that show up and find him, and if you get into that firefight, you can die quite easily, and then you just end up in a pool of blood and walkers dead on the ground. Um, if you and don't fight them at all. there's a quote from Conrad where he's like, yeah, we could never go home. We're already fucked up. There's no way. We were always going to die right here. Yep. If you don't fight then you get evacuated with the Americans, and one of them remarks, like, how did you survive? Like, we've seen what happened as we came through the city. And Walker just replies with, who said I did? And the final one is that you can start a firefight with the Americans, and if you kill the entire patrol, then Walker will radio the U.S. command and say, welcome to Dubai. And then he'll just head back into the remains of Dubai, and the camera pans out to a wide shot of the ruined city. That last one is uh, I true don't, renegade. I don't yeah. know how many of if any if how many or if any of you actually did that. I was uh, going for it. It is really really hard because to start the scene off, the character's like, "Hey man, he's gonna be okay. Just come along with us," and you just start brutally murdering people. And then it's oh. just really really hard. You would think that the rest of the game you're killing Americans. It's it's the same, but this is the first time over the course of the game where the guys are like, "What are you doing, dude? Just stop shooting." I mean, you're going to be okay, man. Just come home. And like the whole time they're like, "What what what's wrong with this guy? Has he gone crazy?" Dude. And the whole time uh, you're going through and insane. mowing down the civil the 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 military soldiers. And then of course, you know, it's really hard, so I had to do it like eight or nine times before I finally got through it listening the to them. You had to be really evil and dead inside? Yeah, yeah. No Krampus. I was gonna go with dedicated, but sure. <laughs> also a little Jesus. of that too. You it, say dead inside, I say dedicated. That sounds traumatic. Start this the same this thing. is a little foreshadowing for our Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami. Exactly. Ah uh, yes. Yeah. In order to be get to the end of this thing, you gotta be a little Fucked up. Yeah. I loved it. I'm, That's so insane. I do want to go around. Craig, which ending did you get? What's important? Which endings were important to you? I actually, I mean, when I originally played through the game, uh, whew, thinking back a couple of years now, I believe I 
had shot the glass, um, not killing myself, and then I uh, chose to go with the Americans that ended up rescuing you. But of course, I played through it a couple different times when I realized, thanks to the trophies, that there was other options that you could see. Ugh, all of them are fucked up. <laughs> That's all I can really say about it. I mean, no matter which one you go with, you're kind of forced to to face what has happened throughout the rest of the campaign. I got suicide. And I felt like that was the best ending for him. In the mirror? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I felt like that was the happiest ending. Alberto, how did you end the game? I did not shoot the reflection. So So he shot you in the mirror? Same for me? He shot you in the mirror? I did not shoot. I didn't do anything. Wow. 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 So I, my first initial one was I, I, same as Craig's, I shot in the mirror and then gave myself up to the patrol. But, you know, I was prodded back into going and seeing what all the other endings were. And that's really... I didn't even look at the achievements. I felt no desire to see any other endings. That was the ending I wanted for that game. I think that's the ending he deserved. Yeah. Even yeah. that, though, is like... I believe that a lot of personal demons at that level are inescapable. But, uh, so a big part of the questions that I was asking to my dad and Frida <clears throat> were about assuming that you went Craig and I's way. You're going to have to deal came with this for the rest this. of your sober life. Exactly. Yeah. And now you have to go back. Now you have to deal with it. But this is more than just a normal, like, like a lot of guy, like a lot of people, you military people, I mean, not speaking from experience, just speaking from kind of general statistics. Yeah. A lot of people come back from PT with PTSD, and they haven't done a millionth of what Walker, you know, has gotten through. Like, I mean, he's literally mowed down hundreds and maybe thousands of American soldiers. Like, this is on a on a, a level into himself. Like, it's not like he's just coming. Like, it's not like he went through like a war. Sure, got, but he was more uh, hardened to those actions he was doing, right? Well, what I'm saying like, is that like it's not just like coming back. Like, oh, okay, I was in a war. And, you know, it's the normal P PTSD. There was, you know, lots of gunfire, you know, lots he of has, explosives going around me. I, I'm shaking. PTSD. I'm, yes. Yeah. It's like super AIDS. Yeah. yeah super, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, is, is it... So part of this is because, you know, it's a game and they had to... Yeah, that's what I was getting at. I was getting at, too, yeah. In order for the gamey parts to work. And, and that's a part of why I asked the question that I did to, to my dad and Frida, is that, is this thing just an, a, a difference in intensity? Because... You'll see a lot of different soldiers come back and see these same kind of experiences. I know people who were in the intel field, right? They were telling people to go kill people and still felt responsible yeah. for those deaths. I know someone yeah, right? who was involved in weather and like yeah. stuff like that, and they came back with severe PTSD. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I imagine just that. Like, okay, you're just the intel guy. Tell like you didn't even kill anybody, and just just how your psyche is broken just from doing that and maybe even a lot of these things that they they told these guys to kill them were legitimate like okay this was a a, a, a bad target that i you did a good i did a good thing by telling you to kill him he re, th this was legitimately a something this was legitimately a bad guy who was going to cause harm to you know to american interests or whatever you know american soldiers or whatever and just how bad their their psyche must be broken but like this being on a game level is just like hugely to a degree way big above that like i don't know i don't i don't know how he would come back and be any kind of functioning person well different people have different levels of not hardening but different levels of response to this kind of thing for instance 
That's I know true. that for me, I'm like really soft. Like if I was involved in any of this, I would be significantly affected. I know people that are much more about sort of look at this very much in a functional way and very much devoid of the humanity. And they could probably be involved in a lot of killing or even other parts of war and not be so affected. Like it's a matter of how I think the way your personality develops and the thing that you're the things that you're attuned to have a dramatic influence on how much PTSD would likely affect you. And I think Walker clearly has this insane shell of duality and all sorts of other things going on in his mind that on some level reflect the hurt that he's giving and given, but also protect him on some level to where some I'm sure some of it becomes less real to him. So do you think he could come back and actually like uh, uh, assuming that I don't think they he'd don't, be functional. Well, that's what I was just saying. Assuming that they didn't like but, arrest him and they didn't figure out what really he did, do you think he could be a, a functioning member in society or do you think he's just God, so far gone that it's a he, tough question but i don't i don't like, feel that way but he's also it's almost i almost have the feeling that he's hit like a wall of like things that are so crazy where there's like anything beyond that is like not adding much to the like sheer stress level of what he's been through you know i doubt that's well founded in psychology but i don't know that's just kind of the way i feel about it like once you've white phosphorus civilians is like anything beyond that adding significantly onto that level of trauma it's hard for me to imagine no true yeah I, I don't think there's anything that could happen to him that would be any more you know like any more adding to his level of stress than than what he he's yeah. on but i'm just wondering like can he come back and and assuming he was able to hide what he's done i don't could think he so. function in a in a semi not even a full just like but can, my belief can he fool people into believing that he's my he's, belief in that he couldn't was so strong that suicide to me was the happiest ending no. so clearly i didn't believe he could be functional this might well, tell us more about what do you think will you than yes the story yes um but the one thing i did want to bring up is for some reason i learned that there was this policy where if your roommate commits suicide while you're in the army, you get like two months time off to hmm. just do whatever you want. You're not because it's so close to you and so traumatic a thing. And I remember my first reaction was two months, man. If, if you know, I was really close to my roommate, I don't think I could ever get a hold of that, right? It should be way longer than two months. And the question was like, or then the question was posed to me, well, if not two months, then what, what's the right amount of time? And, you know, I was thinking about it. I was like, no, man, I, I don't think ever, right? Yeah, and then they're the like, end. wait a minute. So you think that one little traumatic event is going to completely change your life and you should never have to contribute to society for the rest of your life because well, of one uh, traumatic event? Uh, maybe it would change the nature like, of your contribution. Uh, uh, that was... You know, that's an interesting thing because like, there's, there's things even in civilian life that my friend that are a trauma. Like, what happens if you go through like a car a car wreck and somebody like like you're driving and you get in a car wreck and your pa and a passenger say either gets severely injured or worst case even dies. Like, I guess that's what they're getting at. Like, yeah. so then you're just like screwed for the rest of your like a friend life of mine or, at some point. A right? friend you of have mine to, went to no. Teach I agree with you. His just, roommate committed suicide and that severely impacted the rest of his teaching career and he ended up dropping it being yeah. like that was too much for me to take like it affected my whole experience like the rest of it wasn't good but that was like a fundamental change to his basically yeah. his career path no i so. i agree with that i just it's, it's an interesting i understand where they're coming from because those things can happen even in just normal non-military you know ways and it's just yeah. like i guess their thinking is that like oh you know people 
for lack of a better word you know or phrase i guess move on eventually at some point and how long is an acceptable time frame for you to move on and some people can never move on you know and a lot of it is a lot of people can never move on being able to take a step back and 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 being able to see the other options right in that position nate you saw no option out when I did it, I was like, oh, I, d- I don't know if I can go back because I'm not sure that there's anything to, but I might as well try, right? Yeah. And then there, the other endings are, you know, variations along the themes of I just can't survive in society anymore. Right. And whichever way that you take out of that. But, you know, the, the, the key is taking that step back, taking a bigger look. Maybe he raises yeah, puppies in a pound for the rest of his life. But if and that's how he commits, commits I would argue to society. I would right? argue that 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 like disorder significantly impacts your ability to step back. Yeah, I think that that's almost exactly what that disorder does. Is it disorders your ability to step back and have perspective? Because when you try to do that, you're like, there's dead people in the pound. Like I'm not able to take care of dog. Like your ability to gain perspective is hampered. So there's definitely no way he's functioning. Oh, I, I in my belief system, not consistently. I I think that he. Will's it is not hope. completely hopeless. Oh, really? Will you with think that you help? Can, that's why he went back. That's why I went back. Like you wouldn't make that choice if you believed there was no. But you hope. think at, at this level, he has even with help, like even with full time, say psychiatric he, help, like he he can have some I, kind of functioning life. So part of this is you and I don't believe that you believe that he made all the choices. I believe that he did not want to make any of the choices and was making scapegoats no, 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 the entire time. No, 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 I'm fine. So from his mental point of view, no, no, I don't think he made any choice. But even to... even even going your your point of view, like forget what I was saying, even going with your point where, where he didn't want to make these choices, it's still this stuff that happened. Well, like it's, it's got to it's got to be just so like I just can't imagine. Like I would just be more like what you were saying, like where people like uh, my you know my my. Again, my, my mind is just broken after just telling people to kill people. Like, I can't imagine whether, whether I chose to make the choices, whether I, I, I felt I needed to make the choices to survive, whether I was forced by somebody else to make the choices, whatever, forced by an act of God or whatever. However, these choices were made. These choices are so out, out there. there. And just the amount of craziness that happened, like, the amount of people that died, the fact that they were uh, fellow American soldiers, the ways they died. I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm like with Nate. I just can't I, see how he I would ever. I don't think he could do it by himself. Not even Even remotely. with like a, a group of psychiatric, like the best psychiatric minds in the <laughs> world. Like, I don't think he could serve. At this what do you point, think, though, at the, what, So like. I think he would try, gonna, to try to shoot the people in the helicopter right on the way back, honestly. <laughs> I'm going to preface this by I, I'm not trying to compare at all with this because i can't but no, no we all we all know that i mean none of us here have gone through i mean yeah. i mean you can't i mean first of all it's a game nobody could go through that kind of but craziness anyways but i like i see where will's coming from with this because like for instance i have a really good friend that like she's no, known me for she's probably the closest thing that i have to a childhood friend and she's known about stuff like all that i've gone through pretty much one time we were chatting and she's like i don't know how you've gotten to be where you are right now with everything that you've gone through i think the question that we almost end up needing to ask is not necessarily if he can be okay but is it worth trying to help him and there are going to be some people that will say no because of everything that he's been through and then some will say 
I mean, we owe it to him I think, to try to help him. I agree with you. I think it's technically possible. It's just if I were that character, I would not want to. Right. It would not I don't be even worth think the it's effort. technically it would not possible. Be worth the flashbacks. And it's and none um, of that would be worth it. And anyway. on that note, I think that that's what this game does a really good job about because, like, as you as a player and having those different endings, it's kind of like, okay, if you tried to be this person or, like, if, like, if you could somehow try to put yourself as to, like, in that, being in that situation, what would you do? Like, would you say, I'm giving up on myself or not? I don't want to even say giving up, but, like, but do you is think it he worth even, it for do you, me? Do you think right. he even had not. that thought? Like, do you think he was thinking? I think that that's that. Like, am that's, I giving up on myself? I thought he was so gone at that point that he wasn't even like. Okay, well, so then thinking like that, like that's also a difference. Like, at least like we've talked about this before in other podcasts. Like that, at that moment, I actually like was like, I don't deserve to live. Like, I didn't say he didn't. I didn't. Like, I just did this. I don't deserve to live. But that again I, was what I was saying before yeah. too. Is is you're looking at it from the, you know which maybe that's what they were doing is the fourth wall. Like you're controlling him from a objective of not being mind fucked the way he is. What would he? What would you do if you were really Walker in that situation? Mm-hmm. And you're you're just at this point. I mean, I don't think any of us would say he's he's got any kind of sanity left at this point. Like he's completely just his mind is spinning. Does he? Does he even have the rationale to think whether he deserves to live or not? Like, can he even think about that? Or is he just so far gone that he's always thinking is Conrad's there. Do I kill him or not? I'm going to open up, uh, open up to you guys for a second here. With a bunch of different variations on themes, and they happen a bunch of different ways, all of my worst nightmares, and by this I mean the things that haunt me in my sleep, are nightmares about me making a decision or getting in a situation where I cannot do anything to fix it. And every time I get into this nightmare scenario, like the only way to get out of it is to wake up and realize, oh my god, life's not that bad. It's going to be okay. I, 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 I don't have to get myself into that situation in the first place. I can, you know, avoid the situation. I, I can find a way out of it, you know. Like, things that'll happen about dreams, something will go on and be like, oh, no, it's all right, I can just buy something to make my way out of it. Oh, they're they're all sold out, now you can't do that. And like, oh, well, you know, you know, variations on a theme of me all getting to a point where there's nothing I can do, no choice, no way out of it. You've you've just gone, either done something so drastic that there's nothing you can do to... Past the point of no to, return, exactly. yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, those are really my nightmares. And so the idea that that this character got himself in a position so like that is that been you're inherently in a position to want to fight that reality though but because of these things being the stuff of your nightmares you were in a place where at the end of this game you you were you as a human being were significantly motivated to convince yourself that there was a way for this man to get out of this fundamentally i yeah that's what i'm saying yeah is that's, that, that's interesting. Is that a thing that you've you've always dealt with, or is that a thing you've dealt with since maybe did, adult life, or since or did you've been in the military? Or did give you this trauma? <laughs> I can I remember <laughs> Spec Ops the Line. Being in the military was fine, but playing Spec Ops the Line, <laughs> holy shit, this game? Oh, that shit. was terrifying. Yeah, my, my nightmares are. Fucked. I shot a few people, but there was nothing. One time I played this game. New, new. Oh, that goes right back to how games chapter, affect players. New that chapter is, in basic training. Play is, spec ops first. I mean, or, 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 if, it's box too, quote or if it's too deep one. and you know you, know, you can't no. talk about it, it's fine. But I, I just was curious if, if if you can talk about it. I remember 
as a kid thinking about a car or cartoon in this context and i can tell you details about it if you want so it it's seems like really, something that you've kind of it's dealt been with, with you for a long yeah. time yeah before like any kind of like that's interesting yeah i mean i guess I, I i disassociate myself from you know maybe more so than most people and i don't realize it but and that's kind of what i was getting to before that i don't know i, I always look at myself I mean, you're supposed to be immersed in games or movies or whatever and feel like the whole point is to feel like you're you're there, you're the characters that are you're, you're seeing and that you're in that situation. I don't you're lost in it, at least, at least in a lot of ways. I mean, not always, but in a lot of ways you are. I never, I usually don't feel that way. So to me, like a game like this where I'm looking at it from my perspective on a guy who's clearly, obviously messed up in his mind it's makes it you know an interesting and an and and also a strange thing for me to do i guess is the kind of way yeah it's hard to i mean when you start to enter into that personal realm of the experiences that we bring into this and how it can shape how we react or respond to the way the medium pushes us it you can't even you can't predict that type of stuff. Like that's not even something that the game developer or producer can even try and hope to invoke from your emotional standpoint. So, kind of on a lighter note, um, for a trend. Uh, what a you mean? This podcast hasn't oh, been light Jesus. enough, has it? Right, right up there with brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Getting um, there. <clears throat> so, something that I thought was really cool for my time in Baghdad. Did you Bombs find any- of a bag. So, I'm sorry. I was going to ask you. Jeez, Roberto. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> what the fuck? He's bringing the levity, just like I asked. Uh, I was going to ask if any Prides of Lions escaped. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nobody? <laughs> Nobody? What does that even mean? Oh, my gosh. Pride of Baghdad. Look it up. Oh, Jesus. It's a good comic. At least people got by reference. Yes, because when I think of Baghdad, <laughs> I'm I always think of the I comedies. Th- I thought you for sure would have read that. Okay. I missed that one, I guess. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you borrow it. So one of the funny things Shots that you experience while you're there. So we got shelled a lot. And so uh-huh. the Sounds primary... Hilarious. Yes, hilarious. The primary method that they use to combat that is they put up these barriers... And they're just filled with sand because that's the easiest way to create a barrier. And so they're very boxy and it makes these big old open areas in into like funneling little mm-hmm. areas. And then they put up things called Jersey barriers or New York barriers. Mm-hmm. Basically, they're the, the T-shaped cement barriers that you oh, see right. the on the side of roads. Drive up onto instead yeah. of, yeah. They just bring those in and they put them all over the place, right? When I saw that same kind of imagery in the game... So it took me in two places. One is that, yeah, that that's very similar. Like the part where they're running through the mall and then the things are boarded up and you can only go certain ways and people have like made a home inside one of the stores. Hmm. That felt very real. Exactly the same kind of stuff I experienced. That's cool. But the other side was it was this awesome piece of game design. Yeah. They like... That's like... Made funnels. Yeah. But, but it, it felt worked real. because, yes, That's exactly what I was used to in the, my time over there. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, I was wondering if you guys felt like it was artificially... Yeah, I was just going to say, like, cause playing it, like, wow, Jersey Barriers, that is a seriously visible way of constraining where I'm going in this level. But little did I know... That's exactly how it feels. Yeah, real. I mean, it definitely, they, you definitely know they they did it because they have to as a game to go to certain areas that they need you to go to 
for certain game aspects. But at the same time, it, it works, you know, like Will was saying, and it's interesting whether how much of it was they actually planned it to work to be to look like that, or if it was just they got lucky there's and it kind like, of worked out that way, you know, in, in real life as well. There's stuff like, in reality, you use the barriers to create a choke point so that you can put a single guard there and check people as they go through, right? So these barriers create a choke point. It works out perfectly in the game yeah. because you create these barriers and yeah, then yeah. there's a firefight at the choke point, right? Can we, yeah, of can course. we talk so about how the sand mechanic of like where oh, you can shoot and spill sand, yeah. like that started and I was like, wow, this feels gamey and like cliche and kind of a dumb mechanic. And then it totally turns out that that was just only in the first half of the game. Like it was basically to get you into the game and then it went away as soon as the story showed up and I was like, oh my gosh, I called that. That's how I felt about it anyway. What do you mean by like like went away? Like I felt like it was a mechanic designed as part of the illusion that this was just another Modern Warfare like knockoff shooter. Just like a window you shoot I, and it buries some guys. Yeah, but no, no, I, wasn't I, much I know of that what that in the is. Second half of the game, right? It was oh, mostly yeah. in the first half. I yeah, I don't know. I thought in the second half there was po- you could definitely still do that. Yeah, it was there, but in the beginning it was like way more common, and it was clearly like I don't know. I like, used it more in the second. <laughs> the first half it was more like okay, I was just killing it, and then in the second half I was like, oh, there was points where I was getting pinned down, and it's just like, oh, well, there's a glass window behind there with sand. Okay, I'll shoot that. And I was also going for some trophies, which were also like use do that often. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah. But no, no. I mean, maybe they did kind of tone down like the amount of chances you could do well, that. Probably just I was less like interested in playing the game as the game went on. I do think what what's his face of extra credit said about the game being engaging as hell but not fun is very true. Like this game is not that fun to play. Hmm. And I no. love it for that reason. Because by the end, it's not only is the gameplay not that fun, but the story is busy just like making you feel like shit all the time, which is great. I feel like it's an example of whatever the opposite of a lot of narrative dissonance is, where the gameplay actually lines up with the story that they're telling. Like, it's it's awesome. The actions and the scenarios that they put you in as the game went on as well were not enjoyable. I mean, it became less enjoyable yeah. as you made it further through it, right? It's, it sounds like that. You ended up in with... more complicated scenarios instead of just kind of these generic, oh shit, someone's shooting at me, I should shoot back. It's like, wait, maybe there's a little bit more nuance there. Yeah. This game, more than any other that I've ever played, is beautiful in sequence. Like, the order you play it, like, it's like a constant ramp up of the gameplay, your emotions, your investment in the story. It all just, like, escalates so smoothly. I think it's interesting. Like, I would never go back and play just one chapter of this game. I would always do the whole game as a whole. I'm actually curious. Did you guys shoot through the game, or did you guys take, I mean, like, weeks to play through it, or weekend, or...? I did it in two days. Yeah, I did in a couple with you days, days. Yeah. Half and half. That's about my experience both times, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. I finished in yeah. like 10 hours on Suicide, which is like, I guess, hard mode is the equivalent. It's like the hardest you can play originally, and then once you beat that, you get like the ultra hard. What about you, Craig? It, it was about the same for me. I played okay. it in pretty much just two sittings. And since I had already been through it once, the most recent one, I just turned it onto the lowest difficulty just to. So, yeah. one of the things that developers publishers try to do is throw in multiplayer to get you to keep playing the game. Oh god, I heard this multiplayer was god awful. (laughs) Why don't you tell us about the multiplayer, Craig? Did you play it? He has some choice Uh, developer quotes. Yeah, I was going to say, I I did not play it. um, So I don't have first any experience, but uh, I was reading an interesting article. So it's worth noting that the single player game was developed by Jaeger Development. The multiplayer was developed by Darkside Game Studios after it had been farmed out to a couple different, and that's who it ended up with. 
even from within Jaeger as a studio, from their lead designer, Corey Davis, was one of the more outspoken folks about it. And he had specifically called out that 2K, however being supporting about the single player and at least taking the risk of the project to put this type of game out, or they wouldn't let them ship without multiplayer. They had to check that checkbox. And in his mind, he said the result was a, and I quote, low-quality Call of Duty clone in third person. He also said it tossed out the creative pillars of the product. It shed a negative light on all the meaningful things we did in the single-player experience. And the multiplayer game's tone is entirely different. The game mechanics were raped to make it happen, and it was a waste of money. No one is playing it, and I don't even feel like it's part of the overall package. It's another game rammed onto the disc like a cancerous growth, threatening to destroy the best things about the experience that the team at Jaeger put their heart and souls into creating. That is an angry and therefore beautiful quote. Excellent quote. Oh my god. And I think all five of us agree... 100%, 100%, right? Yep. Yeah. Does anybody oh, not feel that way? 1,000%. No. Forget yep. 100%. I agree with that more than There's just this game. Everything I've read has just been like, multiplayer is horrible in it, don't play it, just consider this a single player, which is fine with me, because I, for the most part, play predominantly I'm glad the trophies player. didn't factor in the multiplayer at oh, all. Oh, God, I hate that too, when it's like, oh, yep. like like Last of Us, you must play 60 hours of multiplayer to get all these trophies. Oh, God. At least it's a good multiplayer. But even that, <laughs> still, true. it's just like, okay, I want to play single player. Like, why do I? Why do you force me to play this multiplayer stuff? Like, if there's people who want to play multiplayer, let them play multiplayer. If there's people who don't, you shouldn't force them to play multiplayer to get things like trophies. Yeah, but trophies by that argument, or... there shouldn't be trophies in general. Oh, uh, that's a whole. Yeah. That's another. <laughs> I think this oh, is a great. I think this is a great time to really get into all of your gripes, Brian. What uh, other kinds yes. of troubles did you? Yeah, by all means. Let's, let's I think we've hit on a, oh 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 the notes are coming out. Yeah, I got some. Oh boy. So I mean, we've touched a lot about the. Sounds like the story beat ones. The story, gotten. yeah, and like the tone and feel of the game, but not necessarily more of the actual general gameplay. I actually liked the third part, the third person controls. I'm, you know, I, I'm a. You know, I'm a person. I kind of like third person in a way, you know, in a lot of games. So I thought the actual controls were pretty, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, you know, it was very Uncharted-like, where you're basically just behind uh, some kind of barrier. Uh, usually, it's uh, well, yeah, with one of those jersey. Can uh, I interject dividers. with a f- fundamental concern about that point, which is that the what the crouch and the mm-hmm. what the sprint and the hide button were the same. Yes. Yes. Oh, really? I never heard that problem. Yeah. yeah. Use your words. The melee button. Sorry. <laughs> uh, later. So I, I was, button. I was pissed that yeah. running, crouching, were the same button, and you could not stop running without stopping to move. Like you just had to stop, and then you could walk or do something else. So yeah, like the fact that like if you're running and you start sprinting. You can't cut corners that quickly, and if you're in a gunfight, like, what I wanted to try to do was to actually switch the direction and go, like, oh, no, don't run past that crate, go behind it, or crouch by it, and I didn't want to just stop running, I just wanted to quickly move to the side, and but I But did couldn't. you find yourself really Sounds like in a gunfight running and then deciding and to change direction a lot? I mean, you couldn't, like, my, my point is, like, you couldn't, Boom. when you're you running, first you can't Good boy. run around corners that well like you basically run into a straight line you can kind of curve around but it's not that my quick my problem yeah similarly related was that if you wanted to run at something and jump over it 
Oh, right? Yeah. It was like, yes, that's a better run example. at it and press press B and then press X and then B and then it's like, it's I like have no ninja, idea how to do this thing. There's some thing. It's a little bit like the Ninja Gaiden problem circle? where attack was the same as in well, I played on PS2. I don't it's like if you computer. run at it and press X, then you jump behind it. But if you run at it and you don't press circle in the exact right time, you'll just smack into it. Yeah. And then you if basically you, punch at it. If you hit it too quick, then yeah, you'll punch at the wall. Yeah. And it's like, what was that? <sighs> I was, come on. If was, I think yeah. correctly, right? This In this game, like if you ran and you ran to a a barrier, you immediately ducked behind it. Like, you would run into it. I think it. you have to run into it and jump. press X. Yeah. Or to, you so have to run up to it and crouch. You could run and then it slid you right into it, as I recall. That, I mean, no. that, that's one option. Like, if you're running at it and then Which you is a lot like of what I did, I believe. Tapping X at a certain distance, like, you will slide to like, cover, but... I wanted, like, I don't, Lord or Assassin's Creed where you just... If I'm gonna jump over this thing, just hold down B as I'm running at it. If mm-hmm. you tried to do that, you'll just like start swinging mm-hmm. at it and like, ah, oh, come on. Well, that's, been a, that's been a recent thing since like Assassin's Creed started that in, uh, in three. Two thousand. Oh, yeah. So like it was it was a couple of years ago where they started where yeah. like you could basically it would basically run you over things without I, you having to legitimately hit a button to go over. I I think that you know this was the that was the thing for me that was like. Yes, they could have done a lot to make that whole situation better, but it wouldn't have contributed to the story. It wouldn't yep. have done oh, like no, anything. Yeah, not right? at all. Or, these, these are not great. It's not money they wanted to spend. Invest in, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And they yeah. and they did okay by making the game not so. I mean, even playing it on the second hard difficulty like we did, it's not so hard that you like had to have you those things. Those it was just just really on. annoying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, so I, I kind of like the controls a bit, but so we we mentioned uh, we talked about loading times already on the, the the older you know it just seemed like the loading times were just in between sessions. But there was like, those cool swirling dust effects; they were beautiful. Oh god, it was just like okay, get to the game. Was kidding. We talked about Jesus. Nolan North's voice acting. Yeah, I thought it was kind of very like almost at the beginning. Again, I was like, oh my god, this is like Uncharted. I'm I'm ducking behind barriers, popping up and shooting guys in a third person with Nolan North talking in his normal voice. It's Principal. I mean, Uncharted. No, I never got that feeling. Oh, I didn't the commands to give your, you know, your, your squad guys, yeah, squad mates. I like that. I, I wish they could have done more with that, but maybe, again, they didn't have time or they didn't spend, but I like that if there was a guy you were, you know, you couldn't really hit, you could just... You know, hover be- over him with the with the R two. Yeah. I think it was R two, and it would yeah. like give you like the highlight, sure. and then you'd tell like one of your command mates. I wish I wish they actually had expanded that more. Like you could give it them may- certain types, like oh, use a grenade, or no, take him out with your gun, or give them more like more than just oh, go take him out. But I still liked the idea of, of that. And I thought I wished more games had that where you're with where your CPU controlled, or like if you're with co-ops, yeah, and you can give them sure. ideas. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of this game. It's a really old game at this point. <clears throat> Mass Effect. It was called... <laughs> yes, that's what they're trying to say. Maybe think of Mass Effect. I know. Cool. Interesting. I was just joking. What's the really old game? <laughs> yeah. The really old game that I was trying to bring up is a game called SWAT 4. So in this one, you had a, a squad of like six people. You could like give squad commands like everybody. So you'd be like, go through this door and then go right. And you tell this other guy, go into this door and breach. Go into this door and blah, blah, blah. Right? Sure. And so you would queue everybody up, and then you would go, and they would, like, go in, and they clear out the room. And that was really cool, right? That sounds awesome. But part of the game is it was a first-person shooter. Oh. So you could, like, run up in there with them. But the thing that killed that game was the balance, right? So if you just, like, tried to walk into that room, they would just mow you down. <laughs> it was like It was, like, super 
crazy AIs fighting super crazy AIs, and you were just in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, funny. So I kind of worry a little bit about. Fun fact that was no, yeah, I'm, I'm not talking about going really? crazy with the commands. Yeah. That's but, interesting. Wait, what did you say, Craig? It was developed so by Irrational. Fact. What was the release date on that in the '90s? That's a good question. I'll find that while okay. Ryan goes. Uh, yeah, no, so I mean, just like maybe expanding a little bit more, not like going crazy. With, I mean, yeah, like I'm not talking about to the point where it's just your uh, tactical guy just giving commands. But I, I did like that. And I thought that was an interesting thing because a lot of games you do, even if you're with. Yeah, you have teammates, but they're not controllable. Yeah, which is they like just do things and they do stupid things like uh, like. Like, even The Last of Us, they were talking about one of the things that they wanted to do in The Last of Us was make Ellie not stupid. They didn't want her just to be, like, the normal, like, AI, AI it's character. It's the opposite of Ico. Yeah, no, what, what, it was true. They, 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 made, <laughs> so they made a, they made a, a, a point you. to, like, you know, because a lot of times you, you have, like, a partner. You're either, they're fighting with you or... You're so misogynistic. What? No, no, no. <laughs> You're so dumb. I love it. you. Uh, there was a semicolon there. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, watch my grammar. Sorry, Brian. No, but yeah, like I was saying with that, kidding. like where like your characters just do stupid things, like the like you're trying to hide, but the AI character will just randomly walk out into the middle of a gunfight. Like who would do that? But you know, AI is not smart enough. So like, <laughs> so I, I did like that you kind of had commands and you know, um, to Alberto's things about corners. One of the things that pissed me off was that. I'd be behind that a you corner. Didn't trip over rocks. No, I, I'd be behind a wall. A guy would come up. I'd see him around the corner. Check those corners. I would. I have a lined up shot at him. I'd fire, but because it's a corner, it would always hit the corner of the stupid barrel. And I'm like, come on, you can't fire around. I'm like, Ugh. we talked about the phosphorus. We talked about what you, what guy we in the snipe in the one where you had to kill to choose the guys with, that were hanging. Oh, grenades. How many grenades are in this damn game? What, there's the there's the scene where you're in the parking garage and it's a close parking garage and literally there's thirty grenades going off at one time. I'm like, this parking garage would be destroyed. Everything would come down on everybody. Who's still throwing grenades? Yeah. And they're still blowing up. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> Who is still throwing grenades? Yes, spec I was up the line. That. A I'm chronicle like, of crazy parking. I was literally asked. I'm like, I'm like, we're in a fucking parking garage that's and, and we're I not just imagine Brian sitting there yelling at the PS3 are you crazy <laughs> I almost got to the point of yelling I'm like I have PTSD <laughs> and I'm not that fucking stupid no, but it wasn't even our side it was like the enemies I'm like, not like do you realize that you PTSD would be the, that the garage would be but... destroyed on top of you we kept yeah. throwing these grenades like, and how many guys are, how many guys are in the 33rd uh, I think about it, a billion. Yeah. I think they mentioned that they kill the entire thing. No, but no. Yeah. I think at the how big is actually a battalion? I don't know, or but a platoon. I, or... But at the beginning of the game, they do mention that like that the thirty third lost like a half of their battalion going into Dubai at the beginning. So it, it, in theory, in theory, you're only fighting half of at least at most half of the thirty third. But it seems like I killed a lot more than a battalion of guys would be like. If I were a better intel soldier, I would be able to tell you these. But a platoon, uh, you're looking uh, at about 30. A battalion, you're looking at a couple thousand. It is 300 to 1,500 or more. Okay. so it's vague as hell. So let's even say 1,500. Well, I swear we killed a lot more than 1,500. <laughs> I don't know. It just seemed like a lot of guys. I'm like, it is a battalion the biggest unit of military? You okay. Brigade, the division. Army. Brigade and division are both bigger. And then there are armies. There are like five armies in the army. 
the the battle of how many? Hobbit God, reference. God damn. Battle of five. I'm armies. sorry. I'm pulling an Alberta tonight. We'll just edit the shit out of this. So those are my main gripes. I'll I'll save the um... the parking garage one's hilarious. Oh my god! I was just like, I wish you could have watched me. Oh, oh, I wish you could have just watched me play this game. I'm like, there's literally like, like the enemies just kept throwing grenades. I'm like, how is this parking garage still structurally, you know, like viable? I am. Yeah, it was literally like that. It was exactly like that, Craig. It was just like they were literally kept throwing grenades. If that video was saved, that would be a gift. Seriously, I I wish it was Xbox. Record that. Okay. Well, on that note. I am totally but, uh, ready to get judged for this. I have to say that I was very, 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 very happy that I could use a P90 in the game. Oh my! Because it made tell me us think. Why? Because it uh, made me think. Stargate SG-1. Oh boy! Weapon of choice. Let's let's hear the and quote. It, and it made me think of when Colonel Jack O'Neill is talking to the Jaffa. This talking about the staff weapon is a weapon of fear. Is when I walk away. Josh, <laughs> is a weapon of fear. Can we be this, a bigger nerd at this point? The P90 is a weapon of war. <laughs> He's happy to use the P90 because it's in Stargate? It came down yes. it's like, it's in Stargate. Yeah, okay. It's like, that's <laughs> a fucking real gun, dude. I know People that. you know have held that shit. I like how Alberto only on knows that. of the gun because of Stargate. I didn't think that gun was I, real. I mean, I'm not much better off than that, but... I didn't, I mean, when I saw it, I wasn't like, oh, that's in Stargate. I was like, that's in the Middle East. Uh-oh, Will's thinking. I was going to say. I, I was going to ask if you ever held one. All of, probably fired all of the U.S. weapons in this game. All the oh, U.S. Oh, all the U.S. So weapons like that are in this AK, game you have right. fired in real life. I think so. Let's go around the table. I guess I will start. Some of us have decided we don't care about scores anymore, but yeah, I am feel, still feeling it. Boom. Particularly for this one. Me too. I'm going to give this thing a 9. Which Damn. Out of 900. Will scale. one of my highest mm -hmm. that, we've, that I've rated so far. This game, for me, the difference between a 9 and a 10 for this game would have been if it actually were a AAA game and the rest of the things worked. Right? Ah, right, yeah. Biggest, that, that's, a, that's a good question you said last topic. I, I want to ask you that. Uh, in extra credit, they mentioned it too. That oh, they called it a triple A game, which is two. It's two K. Now, is this triple A? Yeah. I felt like nope. a B, this was a B tier game to me. Or is this kind of middle? Like I kind of feel that this was more of like a middle, like not this fully triple. This is the first AAA. and only. Yeah. Like maybe double A. Double A title. Last double A game in the last ten years, something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's definitely not indie. Two K is not in any way indie, but it's no. not. I don't think it's triple A either. Right? I think the storytelling style was so well. Wait, what wait, if you separate? It? Wait, it's a triple A storytelling game. It's a B tier mechanics game. Yeah, the, I don't. I don't like the fact that your the categorization of publication has anything to do with the score. You said that the difference between a nine and a ten was well, it being triple A. Like, well, oh, no, sorry, sorry. The, no, like no. the mechanics and such. That There's stuff like the shooting. Yeah, the I shooting see. sucked. The, the the actual combat sucked. The I think that's okay. Sorry. It's his that's rating. It's his. We rating. just we talked earlier about how that was all intentional. Hey, hey, hey! You're gonna get your turn for your no, I'm, rating. I'm, I'm, I'm challenging him. I'm curious. No, like I'm, to me, it's dissonant that you're saying this. They they chose to not spend money on it because they didn't have money to spend on it. Okay. Two K is notoriously stingy. They chose that was the best spot for them to save money. Okay. Right. I see. But if they had thrown triple the budget at it they could have Throw made grenade. those things better and i feel like it would have been a better game for it okay 
I feel like they made the best decisions they could have, but those are the things that held this game back from really being a gem to me. I loved the the story. I loved how it made... I don't like how it made me feel. I like (laughs) that that it it made made me feel. So Um, the story you really... It's the gameplay you you felt was the difference between a 9 and a 10. In this case, yeah. That's that's the, the... the minor downside of your score. Yeah, it's just that. Okay. I think so. Um, Craig, you're up next. What did? You, what do you? What are your final thoughts on this game? So when I try and encapsulate what the game meant to me or what I would categorize it as, I don't know if I would attach a score to it particularly. But as much as I would say that I think it's it's a recommended play for anyone and a must play for someone that's interested not only in the genre but as Someone that's interested in the medium and what it can do with storytelling devices in a dramatical way that's raising the tier of storytelling, especially in a shooter, and what it can mean to try and subvert your expectations on what exactly you're doing and the purpose of why you're performing the actions within it. Cool. Nate, Uh, toss it in your way. I don't generally, I've, I've shown away from review ratings, but I think that this is a good reason to give a rating, and I give this a 10, because what it does with the story is so brave and risky and utterly alienating to so many people that just the sheer bravery that it took to be made, and I think it's guaranteed to be not repeated for a long time just because of how almost condescending it is of the player. I think that a big part of me being so passionate about this is the fact that I don't believe that very many games at all should be shooters. And this is one of the very, very, very few games I can count on less than one hand that I think made sense as a shooter because it really explored the nature of violence in the military, what it does to people. Like, it really used the mechanics to explore something. Whereas I think in a lot of game design, shooting is a lazy mechanic that's just used as a mechanism for some other goal of completion and i really don't like that because i think that regardless of how realistic it's presented it's injecting this idea of violence as either meaningful or solving any kind of problem and i i don't think that's healthy or good and i don't i've just gotten to the point where all the indie games i've played made me see that there's no need for that we're at a point where that doesn't need to be how we convey stories so it's very refreshing to see a game that not only takes a critical look at that, but actually has a reason to use shooting as its main mechanic. And for that reason, and I think it's also really awesome that it has the bravery to let your character not necessarily survive, I really think that any story that does a good job going against the grain of what stories are told that like they should be is awesome and good. And I think that that like it means a lot. And the fact that you even have a choice as to how your character ends the story is also awesome. I definitely disagree with you on the your thoughts about it being a 9 versus a 10. I think if the gameplay had been better, this game would have suffered and been worse for it. Because I, I really believe that the gameplay not being polished was a very big part of how this story conveyed its meaning and its deeper... If, if this game was all tightly knit up and it was really fun to play and it was exciting and the story was still about how stupid shooters are, like that wouldn't have made any fucking sense. Like That would have been a really dumb game. Like, if I, if I came away like, man, the shooting in that game was fun. Also, I'm a scumbag. Like, that does, that just doesn't work for me. That doesn't make sense. And that would have made this game have a much weaker message. I think if they'd thrown more money at this, more people would have been involved, and the purity of the story they delivered would have been diminished. Oh, I disagree with that. I guess it's not necessarily true, but 
I don't I don't think I don't think improving the gameplay would have lessened the story. I don't I don't think the story was great because the gameplay I I particularly thought the gameplay wasn't bad. I I kind of liked it. Yeah. I I and I don't think this I guess and I don't think it had any bearing on whether the story was good or not. I guess I'm not saying that it was bad and I liked it. I just really liked where it fell at. No, it's fine. You still haven't played Hotline Miami, a game that the combat is amazing and the way that, and the reason that that game works is because of the combat and they can tell the story around the combat i, I think that from right? the very little bit i have played of the first one like that's an, very much another don't spoil game. it because we're doing a, a yeah, I, I won't don't worry no, no, the, I know. but the very like it is another game where the violence you're and the acts you're committing are used as a point to say something and i think that's awesome a game that has the courage to make you feel like what you're doing is horrific to not just bask it in glory and make these things like bloody point mm-hmm. bags like that's really what makes a shooter worthwhile to me. So yeah, I, I know that I will really enjoy Miami. Or or not. Well, yeah, I might hate it, but I think that I'll really like it because of that. So I did remember the One Piece and kind of relating to Miami that I I, I did have one final topic that I wanted us all to kind of talk about is the idea of unreliable narrator it's in awesome. the video game. Sense. Yeah. Do you have any opinions on that, Alberto? Do you know what we're talking about? I mean, the fact that we think that we're getting orders from Conrad, but not, or... No, the fact that we can't Conrad, trust Walker. It's Walker. Oh. You can't trust whether or not the story that he tells you yeah. is going on is the shit that's going it's down. so cool. Yeah, we It's never, really hard in a video game, we never too, got right? to the, yeah. We never got to that point, like, who's... Hmm. So, Conrad's dead, so who's controlling... Who's running the 33rd, and is the 33rd really evil, or is it just Walker is so effed out of his mind that he... He's just saying they're evil, but they're, maybe they really weren't. That scene at the end was another one that just kind of didn't make sense to me. Same. Where the, that's what I was going to get. The, the leaders of the thirty third surrender to you. I'm not, yeah, no, that that's weird. all fake. I, I was reading in like developer notes that that's all supposed to be in his mind. That they're just sitting there like saluting you. That's all just supposed to be him in his mind. That they're, makes sense. That it, makes more sense. Yeah. That they're not. That's fade not really. White. That yeah. It's, I thought it was really cool that fading to white was hallucinations and fading to black was, was real. Real. Yeah, that's one of those things that's, that's cool. yeah, not supposed to be. Like, I didn't know that during the game. I didn't yeah. either, but I read it afterwards. That yeah, that's one. They like were those things that, are just so cool. That's one of the things he just sees in his mind. They're all there, you know. Go ahead, Alberto. Score first, and then he's in the Y afterwards. He gives it a five. Eight point five. Uh, no, I'm gonna give it a nine point five. Um, and the only reason why I'm keeping it from a ten is actually yeah sure i had my frustrations with gameplay and such but the only thing that really really did i don't want to say annoy me but that i'm still confused about and i kind of would almost say i'd like the game to have been a little bit longer is to explore a little bit more of why lugo decided to just shoot the radio man just out of right after he helps him especially just after what he says like oh that would have taken me forever to figure that out and then bam so on that note like if it could have been a little bit i would have loved if the game could have been a little bit longer to kind of like delve in a little bit more with those two characters but yeah i love what the story made me again i didn't like how it made me feel but i like that it made me question certain things and made me actually be a lot more apparent in what it was that i was doing because yeah other shooters that we play you're not expected to be like to feel bad about shooting i mean like we've even talked about this in the uncharted one like you kill probably as many if not more people in that than you did in spec ops and you don't feel bad about that at all you're not meant to and so the 
fact that this game kind of shows that to you, I think it's actually it's I think it's a really good game that all people in our generation slash anyone who enjoys shooters should at least just take the time to play and be like, so just so you know, this is a thing. And sure, you can enjoy a shooter game, but keep in mind for what it is that you're actually doing. Okay. So what, Will, you gave it a nine. What did Craig, what did you give it? A recommended or a must play. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. And uh, Nate, 10, 10, and you gave it a 9.5, huh? Yeah, I'm also going to go with a non uh, score. Um, I definitely feel, especially with the way you guys gave scores, that if I gave a score, it wouldn't wouldn't convey my thoughts to the actual, like, because I wouldn't give it a nine or higher. But that's a score, so I'm not, you know, like, I'm, going to go with non-score here. Um, so my thoughts on it, um, I really liked the first half of the game, but not not for the obvious reason of, oh, well, that's the half where you're more kind of sane, that's the half where you're not doing crazy things, you're not making as much, you know, really choices, most of the stuff is uh, basic just gunplay. It's more just, I don't know, I thought the story had more just continuity to it. I, I thought there was just a lot of loopholes in the end. And I was just waiting for, like, I guess maybe it was also due to my expectation. I was just waiting for things to happen that just never happened in the game. Like, there's just so many things that they, they couldn't explain to me. Like, the Lugo thing. Like, okay, he's dead, but then he comes back. But, okay, is that in my mind? And Will says, oh, if you die and you play it again, that he's not there. So, okay, maybe it is in your mind. But they never tell you that if you kill him the first. So... And then there's other things. Okay, the chopper crashes. Lugo, Lugo, Adams, and Walker all survive. I don't know how. And this crazy, the chopper is blown up, or it hits the crane, blows up, and then falls. And then they're, but they're still surviving. And then there's other just things that go on that you're just like, how does this happen? And and again, like the thirty third, like okay, so Conrad's really been dead all this time. Well, then who's controlling them, giving them orders? Are they really just? not doing all this stuff but it seems like even though you're killing all these people they're still doing this stuff and they're still controlling it so who's in charge in doing this so i mean there's just it just seemed like i mean i guess and i guess i just kept waiting for it to be like oh well they're crazier than this and it just seemed like they hey you're waiting for your big set piece moment it sounds like yeah and i just like you know maybe i just looked at it from the the wrong standpoint and i I don't know, it just seemed like it was missing something in that second half. Um, that said, the game is very good, and I, I and I don't, I'm not down as so much on the game, especially considering it was an older game, and it's on an older console. I'm not, you know, like, I give them passes in gameplay. I mean, a lot of things you just were tough to do, even if you had the money, whether they had the money or not. You know, certain things are just not easy to do, and you, there's no way around it, and you do have a deadline that you have to meet at some point. So, I mean, I would recommend you play it. I mean, especially now, if you haven't played it, it's... A very cheap game to get. I mean, um, even just to get without even just borrowing it or renting it, just buying it outright. It's definitely worth playing. It's it's one of those games you should definitely play. Make up your own opinion on, experience it, and go through it with a open mind. I mean, again, if you're listening to it, hopefully you've probably already played it. But if you have any friends, recommend it to them to play. It's definitely a game worth playing. Um, but just know that there's some holes in it that are gonna make you and drive you crazy. You think this game will keep selling? No, I think it's... I think this game will sell for a long time. A trickle, at least. I don't think so. I mean, that's why it's already down to, like, $4 on... I think it's... The sales have dried up for... I mean, 
it's I think tough. this will be a study for a long time. It's tough to get people to go. I mean, it's part of what you were saying with the gameplay being down, it's tough to get people to go into it saying like, oh, you got to go play this game because, you know, so they, people want, especially a lot of a lot of gamers who only have certain, you know, can only play X amount of games a year with whatever time constraints. Or they want to play everything that's new and every current, current gen. It's tough to get them to, okay, you got to go back and uh, get a PS3 or boot up your PC if they're not PC game. Gamers. I bet this game gets a passion-driven sequel in 10 years. In 10 years? <laughs> a reboot of a... <clears throat> yeah. So you're saying, what, what did it come out in 2012? So you're saying 2022? Something it's just like called The Line. I think game development speeds up over time. It's Spick just ups. called The Line. <laughs> if anything, I think you get a spiritual successor from some of the creative forces behind the sense. game. Yeah. I don't think you'll ever see a direct sequel. I don't even know if these... Jaeger even still... Uh, I mean, the games they're doing doesn't look like they're even even in the mode of doing this stuff. So I don't know if they're... No, and they... I think uh, in the some of the post-mortem talks, they talked about how tough it would be to go back and do another game like this. They're like, just think about the type of material they had to study to try and create oh, yeah. a game like this. Absolutely. It's not exactly Sunshine and Rainbows that you're reading yeah. to try and make sure that you're on the, on the line. the right information. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, on the line. Cool. All right, guys. This has been a very special episode of the Emotive Pixels podcast. If you want more from us, you can go to www.emotivepixelspodcast.com or follow us on Facebook. And also there's Twitter and... Am I missing anything else? Rate us on iTunes, please. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thanks.